0: wttm 128 this episode of paul Berry's a window to the magic is brought to you by orlando attractions magazine at attractionsmagazine.com stay tuned to the end of the show for more information about this new magazine featuring all your favorite orlando attractions
1: you're listening to the window to the
0: magic.com podcast brought to you by
1: window to the magic.com. surround yourself with the magic. Hello, and welcome to A Window to the Magic. My name is Paul, and as always, I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is a weekly trip into the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 128 of A Window to the Magic. As we begin, I would like to thank Jenna from Galaxy Cruises and Tours for continuing to sponsor our show. The next time you plan a vacation, email Jenna at travel at Let's Talk About Disney and let her help you save time and money and be sure to tell her that Window to the Magic sent you. Well, the time has come once again and we find ourselves at the final show of the year. Weird. We've been doing this now for almost three years. Doesn't seem possible. This week, we present you with the yearly conversation that Ricky Briganti and I have about the top newsworthy stuff that happened in the Disney universe within the last 365 days. Feedback is always good regarding these shows, and we're glad that you enjoy them. And each year, they keep getting longer. This one tops out at a MiceCast-like 2 hours and 36 minutes, and we thought that we were talking quickly. Well, without further delay, we present the 2007 Disney Ear in Review. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again it is time for Paul Berry and Ricky Briganti to get together and do the Disney Ear in Review. I am Paul Berry. And I am joined once again this year by my cohort in crime, Ricky Briganti. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Paul. How's it going this year? Not too bad. Not too bad. I've had a fun time this year. I I know that uh, we've both been doing our shows continuously, and uh, I think we're going to have a ton to talk about this year.
0: Absolutely. 2007 has definitely been a huge year as far as Disney goes. I think we have tons to talk about, probably even more than last year and the year before.
1: That's what I was going to say. Is I think we actually have to start talking even faster than we normally do, so we can get through this in, uh, you know, a, a standard twenty-four hour podcast. Yeah, a little bit less than that would be nice. Yeah, I think we can uh, we can try and keep it under two hours. So to to do that, let's uh, let's go ahead and start. Uh, first thing, uh, I would think we should change it up this year, and uh, let's talk about our favorite things that occurred this year at, uh, at the Disney parks or throughout the Disney company. Um, let's go ahead and start with you. And uh, what was your favorite thing of 2007?
0: Well, uh, I would have to say as far as uh, planned events or planned openings or things that went on in Disney parks this year, my favorite thing that uh, is still ongoing and will be for a long time would have to be the Finding Nemo submarine voyage out of Disneyland. I was really excited to see that. Come back and get on a Disney submarine again.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. I was excited when they actually opened up those subs again and we could climb down in there and go on basically what was Epcot's little itty bitty ride over there um, in the uh, seas with Nemo, just kind of mm-hmm. taking it to a whole new level.
0: Yeah, now I think uh, you were one of the annual pass holders, weren't you, that showed up a little bit early?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, Greg uh, McNaughton from the Imagineering My Way podcast was first on the scene out there and uh, he wrote it uh, about a week before the uh, I think it was a week or 10 days before the ride opened. And then I wrote it about five hours after he did. So uh, so we were first on the scene out there and got uh, copies of it for everyone to hear.
0: That's excellent. And I had a chance to get on it a little bit early as well before the grand opening. Of course, I was out there for the Disney Dream Job contest and I flew out a day early and they were still doing previews. So I was very excited to be able to get on there. And, you know, it was just really awesome just to, to get down into a submarine. I had never been on the Disney uh, Disneyland subs before. I'd only been on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea here, which has been gone for a long time now. And just seeing you know, just getting in there and sitting down and looking out of the porthole and seeing the bubbles go by. That was enough for me. It could have just been bubbles for 10 minutes and I would have been happy.
1: And yet it was much, much more. It was all of the things that you saw in, in the uh, earlier opening, uh, Nemo and friends, but, uh, but they were actually underwater this time, which is an amazing effect. Do you, uh, do you know how that's done?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, amazingly enough, most of the ride, aside from the part that you're in a submarine, the surrounding you really isn't. Underwater, or water at all. It's kind of just in you know surrounding enclosed areas, but it certainly looks like you're underwater. I mean, they do a great job with all kinds of projections facing in all crazy directions and intertwining, and I don't even know how they do the uh, the lava effect coming down. That's just cool looking.
1: Oh yeah, that it was just so cool to go through that. And to, the subwoofers in that sub were just amazing. I mean, they just blew out the mics the first time we went through. You know, didn't know what to
0: expect. And uh, it was it was just great. I was definitely not expecting the the in sub effects like the subwoofers and kind of the lightning and everything that goes on around you. And when those angler fish come out, that was definitely a startle. I wasn't expecting any of that.
1: Yeah, because it's nowhere near that close in Epcot. It's uh, it's that thing on that mechanical arm,
0: right? Right, which is very cool, and it moves very quickly and smoothly, but it's not up and right in your face and, you know, goes from pitch blackness to all of a sudden this thing screaming in your face, so that was definitely a good startle, and, and you know, just lots of jokes throughout, and it's a very long ride, which is something I've missed from uh, from Disney for a while, so I, I was really happy with it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I think it's about 15 minutes long, and, uh, and that's just fine with me. I could be down there for 45 minutes or an hour. It, it wouldn't matter. I, w- I would be so happy.
0: The first time I went on, I was down there for about half an hour because I, we got into the sub, took about five minutes before we actually moved. And then after the ride was over, we sat there for another 10 minutes or so waiting to get off. And when I was just there a couple of weeks ago, it seems like they've really fine-tuned the whole load-unload thing because we got on, moved, and as soon as the ride was done, we got right off. It seems to be flowing a lot smoother now.
1: Yeah, they're doing real good out there. They they had a, a lot of obstacles to work around when they uh, when they opened. And I think they opened before they were actually ready. But uh, I I think they kind of sucked it up and got through. And uh, and they're doing a bang-up job out there now. So what was your
0: favorite thing of 2007?
1: Well, you know, believe it or not, uh, I'm going to go for the big one. Uh, And this is one that wasn't, I wasn't even in attendance for this. But it was such a monumental event that I have to say that Epcot actually turning, or should I say Epcot Center, turning 25 (laughs) years old. Uh, was just the greatest thing. and uh, and I've got you and a lot of other podcasts to thank for allowing me to come along and to experience what was definitely a pivotal moment in uh, in Epcot's history and just a celebration of the the amazing park that it actually is.
0: I would have to agree. Uh, if I hadn't said the Finding Nemo submarine voyage, I would have said Epcot's twenty fifth would have would have been my favorite moment of two thousand seven. I think Jim Mc McPhee really stepped in. Uh, as the new Epcot VP for, for this year. And, you know, he's he was there at Epcot since opening day. He worked the parking lot on opening day and worked his way all the way up through the ranks. And now that he's become VP, he really, you know, went from what they were originally saying, which is, eh, you know, it's the 25th, we'll just do a little tiny celebration with the cast members, to, you know, the fans really want to see something. So they put together in a pretty short amount of time, just a matter of a couple of months, the whole exhibit showing off a lot of the things from Epcot's past, as well as the rededications ceremony and the really awesome fireworks uh end at the end of the day just uh they, they did a really great job with all of that
1: yeah and that that was uh in large part I believe uh, correct me if I'm wrong thanks to the celebration 25 folks
0: was that not they definitely spearheaded by had them? a lot to do with it yeah I mean Jim McPhee says he he had it in his mind that was that was one of the things he wanted to do when he became vice president but I think The reason he had it in his mind was because he saw this this fan gathering that was uh, brewing in in huge numbers, unlike really anything, any kind of fan gathering of this sort, really in Disney history. I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of people showing up to celebrate Epcot's 25th.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, the final number was just over 2000 people that were actually registered for that. I believe that was the uh, the number there, which is just stunning. I mean, I know there's that many fans out there, and you know, but for Disney to actually realize that there were that many people out there that wanted to celebrate Epcot Center and to, to bring them in and kind of embrace them, that was that, that was beautiful, and I hope it continues.
0: They allowed things that really had never uh, been done before unofficially. Um, for instance, uh, throughout the Celebration 25, John Corigliano had his own history walks around Epcot. And it was almost Disney sanctioned. I mean, they had an official Disney person with them to make sure there wasn't anything strange going on. But they basically let him run the show. And, for you know, I think that's got to be the first time that's ever happened.
1: Yeah, I'm, it was definitely not a Jim Hill moment. Um, it was, uh, you know, they, they were out there and they, you know, they were making sure that, that everything that was said was accurate and that, you know, they didn't go around and start dishing on Disney. But, uh, but yeah, I, I talked to John afterwards and, and was just told that that was just a magical moment from beginning to end, that everybody was happy about that. And, uh, and I applaud John for being able to pull that off because that is no easy feat.
0: And another thing that that they did, I thought that was really incredible, was allowing um, or bringing in Marty Sklar, uh, one of the biggest Disney legends in in all of Disney history, to come in and not only give one talk, but give several talks to make sure that every Disney fan or Epcot fan that wanted to see him speak about the history of Epcot and everything that it meant to him and all of the Imagineers that created it were able to go and, and see him speak, something that you don't really get to do all that often.
1: Yeah. And that, that was amazing. I mean, he, he is just, he's our, our closest connection to Walt at this point, I think having actually worked with him and, and been so involved. And, uh, when I heard that he was doing, it was, you know, something silly like 48 talks in seven days or something. I mean, it was ridiculous and he, he was doing shows on the hour, every hour it, it looked like. And everybody that came away from that and, and I got a chance to hear a recording of, of the talk was just just amazing i mean he he get, brought us in and showed us the magic from his point of view and i thought that was uh that was a lot of fun i hope they do that again too
0: yeah i guess we'll just have to wait for another uh, monumental year for something like this to roll around again
1: that's true when does the magic kingdom turn uh 50 when is that
0: well uh i believe the 30th birthday ran uh, at the same time as the 100 years of magic. So whenever that was, it'll be uh, 20 years past that. So we got a, a while to go. Ah, darn it.
1: All right. Well, uh, since we've talked about our favorites here, um let's go ahead and cover the rest of what's gone on lest we talk for 2 hours about our favorite <laughs> things. Um let's see. Well, you want to go chronologically in this or as close to it as we can get or do you want to jump around?
0: Might as well just go in order, start from the beginning of the year, work our way to the end, and kind of name all the major events in between.
1: Okay, so we started out at Disneyland then with rocking Both Parks out at uh, Disneyland and California Adventure. Did you get a chance to uh, um, experience
0: that? Um, no, I never did. I remember hearing about it at first when they had done the, um, space mountain rehab for the 50th and some people noticed that the new space mountain sign outside looked like it could be changed to say rocket mountain. So people were thinking, Oh, they're going to put some kind of special rock and show in there. And then it never popped up. And then there was a little hint of it at a grad night, but, uh, I never had a chance to see it once they officially launched the rock in both parks. How was it?
1: It was interesting to say the least um, kind'm of, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for somebody that didn't actually write it. I guess it's kind of like the rock and roller coaster if you took a Kmart version of it and put it in Space <laughs> Mountain yeah. You know, so it
0: was it was Red Hot Chili Peppers music, um, both in Space Mountain and then out at California Screaming. Right,
1: exactly, and uh, and it's interesting because all they did for Screaming was just replace the soundtrack, and then they were rocking DCA. So there know? was
0: no lighting, no effects, no anything. Nope.
1: But uh, inside Space Mountain, they had, of course, uh, you know, pulled in all of the different Vera lights and you know strobes and. A um, uh, they have that tunnel that you come up uh, at the beginning when you're mm-hmm. uh, when you're doing the big long climb. And uh, that is now like a big diamond vision screen. And so what they were able to do was they were able to change the images that were displaying on that and make it uh, fit the the sound, which was just kind of a concert wrap up and uh, and that was that was interesting. I mean the the sound was good. There was you know way too much bass in there which, you know, made it fun for those who were riding it and you were thumping along as you were going. Um, but I think for those of us who wrote it, we were glad to have ridden it and we're now glad that it's gone.
0: Well, it sounds like I didn't miss out much there. And, um, Yeah, you know, I I sort of wanted to come out and see it. I am a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but from the way you described it, it doesn't sound like it was anything too monumental.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have been worth a a trip all the way out. They were hoping it would be something to spark attendance, but, uh, you know, it it wasn't worth you coming all the way out to California to ride.
0: So then it probably doesn't look like they'll ever be lighting up the part of the sign that says Rocket Mountain. Probably not. And if they do,
1: I hope they completely reimagine it before they do it. Because there's a, there's a lot of potential in there, but they kind of missed the boat on this one.
0: Well, uh, while they were working on rocking both parks there, there was another uh, muse- bit of music creeping up in the parks, and it kind of began out here in Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World, and of course, I'm talking about the High School Musical pep rally.
1: Yeah, if when I think about Tomorrowland and the future, I think cheerleaders and uh, and that sort of thing. It was good to ride on the TTA and hear that kind of thumping music coming from Tomorrowland.
0: Yeah, it was a really bizarre thing. You know, you go on and you're in this whole futuristic land and you're getting ready to go on the TTA. And all of a sudden you turn a corner and you see cheerleaders and streamers and, you know, wildcats and all of that. And it just didn't quite work. So, of course, they bumped it out of there and put it over at the Disney MGM Studios where it sort of makes sense, I guess, because it's a movie.
1: Right. Yeah. I had a chance to see that at mouse fest when I was there and it, it fit more in, um, they're doing it underneath the, the sorcerer's hat, which I find a a little odd, but, uh, but it's much better than Tomorrowland. So, you know, I, I wouldn't see any particular reason to move it. Um, but I know that they did change it. Um, I never had a chance to see the original one, but now they're doing the, uh, high school musical Two schools out version of it. And that's the one I saw.
0: Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. I mean, if you are not familiar with the movie or the music too much, you you probably would just think one was a red float and one was a blue float, and other than that, it's the same thing. It's uh, you know, different songs, but it it all sounds the same to me.
1: Oh, who are you kidding? There was a huge two on there.
0: <laughs> That's right. There is the giant two. I forgot about that.
1: Yes. So that was uh th- that was one of the the musical things that had happened out there. I personally have a good time when I go into the parks and I see something which is kind of event-specific. That's not exactly, but we've had a couple of things out at Walt Disney World this year that have really been event-specific, things that like hard-ticketed events.
0: Did you go to the Pirate and Princess Parties? You know, I still haven't, and, and that launched um, right at the beginning of 2007, and it went away, was a huge success, and they brought it back in summer. I said I was going to go, I still didn't go, and fortunately they are bringing it back again in 2008 once again, and I'm really going to have to go this time because I heard nothing but good things about it.
1: Oh yeah, I, I saw uh, Jeff Lang's got a DVD out, and I, I had uh, the chance to see that. The fireworks, the parades, everything that was going on, just amazing. And this is the kind of thing that I would pay additional money to see. I was not able to make it out there for it, um, you know, being over here in California. Um, it's just not happen- happening at a time when I'm going to be out there. But um, it just looked like a blast. And the reviews were fantastic.
0: Yeah, normally the, the special events you think of, the, the extra ticketed events at the Magic Kingdom are, you know, Very Merry Christmas Party, Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which, in my opinion, I wish they would just kind of work those into the daily schedule like they do out at Disneyland and just kind of, you know, put a new parade, put some new fireworks, and and everybody paying their admission would get those. But for something like the Pirate and Princess Party, it really truly does seem like it is a separate event completely.
1: Yeah, I, I had a chance to see the Very Merry Christmas Party this year. And it would have been nice if they just said, uh, you know, tonight special, um, we're, you know, starting at 7 o'clock, we're going to become the Christmas party headquarters. And you didn't have to pay additional for it. But what I saw of Pirate and Princess, I I, I think that's a good hard ticketed event.
0: Well, uh, you know, Pirates, even though all three movies have come out uh, and and they're currently aren't any plans for a fourth one though it may be a long time in the horizons they're certainly not gone and disney's doing everything they can to keep the pirates around including turning one major part of disneyland that's a major part of its history into something very piratey
1: absolutely that would be the pirates lair on tom sawyer island which uh, you got a chance to see that when you were out here i know and i got a chance to see it i was blown away by what they could do with this little lump of dirt out in the middle of the water. What did you think?
0: Well, I've never been a huge fan of Tom Sawyer Island uh, out here at Walt Disney World. I've been to it a handful of times. You know, you walk around, you kind of have fun. If you're a little kid and you like to run around and get dirty, it's a perfect place for that. And going in the fort is kind of fun. I never even bothered to go over to the island out at Disneyland prior to it turning into Pirate's Lair. Um, but now that it is Pirate's Lair, I've been over there three times now, and finally, this on this last trip just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to go into the, the Dead Man's Grotto, the cave, where they put all the really cool effects in there, and I loved every second of it.
1: Yeah, they actually threw an audio animatronic out there, which I, I was amazed that they went that far with it. And it's a fairly yeah. cool one.
0: Yeah, oh, it's it's amazing. I, you know, I was really disappointed last time I was out there a few months ago, and it wasn't open because that was kind of the guts of the whole... The whole island is to going into that cave and just there seems to be one effect after another from Davy Jones's chest to the little hole with the treasure in it with a few surprises. And then that animatronic, which is just plain cool watching it, you know, change back and forth between regular pirate and creepy moonlit skeleton pirate.
1: Yeah, fess up. You were scared to put your hand on Davy Jones chest, weren't you? (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, I, I wasn't scared until I actually put my hand on the chest, and then I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of creepy." That
1: is creepy. Yeah, it's a cool effect. If uh, anybody listening hasn't done it yet, go ahead and do it. You can feel the heart beating. It's very, very cool. I, th- I think Pirates Island was uh, was a good idea, and uh, as long as uh, as long as they keep it up and uh, maintenance is good out there, I think we should have a cool thing for uh, for the next couple of years. Something fun to do. When you're uh, when you're at the park, that maybe you're not expecting.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even beyond that cave, there's also the Jack Sparrow stunt show, which is which is pretty entertaining. The Bootstrappers perform over there on a regular basis, and their show is just really great. I I love their songs. And then now they're working on phase two of the island, which was the old closed down fort, which was basically running itself into the ground, falling it apart. Um, now that they're kind of you know making it back up to code, so that it's safe to go in, and they're going to reopen it as something.
1: Well, you know, I've heard different stories as to whether or not they're actually going to open it or not, or whether it's going to be a staging area for cast members for Fantasmic. Um, So it's it's kind of still up in the air, at least as far as I know, whether it's going to be guest access or not.
0: Well, either way, it's a good thing that they make it up to code and not falling apart, even if it's just for cast members.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of upgrading things, what do you think of that Cinderella Castle Suite upgrade that they did to... uh, Magic Kingdom
0: I am absolutely dying to get in there it's one of those things that is a formerly mostly unused area of the park I mean there might have been like a maintenance shed in there or something but now guests actually get a chance to win a chance to stay in there for a night and just enjoy the coolest possible suite that you could find all all, in all of Walt Disney World
1: oh absolutely and I'll tell you it's an interesting story here when Terry and I went to the Magic Kingdom for her very first day at her very first Walt Disney World Park, we walked into the Magic Kingdom and I was recording my show and we're walking along and we go in and we enter Fantasyland and we ride a couple of rides, we get off and we're approached by a cast member in blue and she tells us she's going to give us a magical moment and we're like, okay. And so we go over to the fountain and we're doing the whole magical moment thing. And then she turns around and she says, you see those windows up there? And I went, oh, no, please, please, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. She was just telling us where the <laughs> where the oh, castle suite was. That,
0: that's not fair. <laughs>
1: I was I was going, oh, please, if we could win the castle suite. And, you know, Terry's first night here, I'm just going to fall over and die. And, and unfortunately, it, it did not happen. But that is, that is gorgeous up there. I mean, just way beyond what I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what they did. for. It's a, it's a fairly small space, actually. I think it's under 600 square feet, which, I mean, as far as hotel rooms go, that's big. But uh, it seems like they've utilized every tiny cor- uh, corner and crack of that place to add just detail, detail, detail. There's stuff everywhere that you look in there.
1: Yeah, I, I find it interesting that you can, you know, take a bath and look through a window and see the park, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little odd that you're really that close to the, you know, the open areas of the park and you're, you're in there, that's your room. And not only are you in there, but you're allowed to leave. Terry actually talked to somebody who stayed up there. They had booked in at the all-star, um, movies and they won the castle suite. Oh, wow. And, uh, this guy, he was like, we had a, a servant, you know, for like 12 hours and we could go and do anything we wanted to do and, and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, I have no way to verify it, but he said they were walking around the magic kingdom at four in the morning.
0: For, yeah, from what I understand, it's a private elevator to get up and down to the suite, and you basically do have that, that servant, um, because, I mean, you can't really, you know, walk down the street and buy some chicken strips or something at two in the morning, so they have somebody waiting for you to make sure you don't need anything, and I think they even have uh, some kind of transportation, I don't know, a limo or something, waiting to take you wherever you need to go should you need to leave. Boy, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be leaving. I would just be staying there eyes wide open all night. Absolutely. Yeah, I would be in there and I'd, I'd be doing podcast. Hi, podcast number
1: 27 from the Cinderella <laughs> suite. I'm still here. Listen. So that would be cool. But uh, you, when we were at Mouse Fest, totally changing subjects here, you had a chance to do something that you had never done before.
0: Yeah, I had a, a lot of fun over at uh, the Seas at Epcot. Um, this is I scheduled this on purpose because I had never done this before for the Inside the Magic Meet. We went on into Turtle Talk, which, I mean, has been open for quite some time now, and I just never got around to it, and I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I've been in that a number of times out at Disneyland. I had never been in the one uh, at Walt Disney World, and, and I specifically waited this year because I knew of your meet. And, uh, I, I think it's really cool how they, how they interact with, uh, you know, with the people and they just really make them feel like that's a real character, which is on the other side of that glass. And, oh, uh,
0: definitely. Uh, the voice talent that is, uh, you know, working as crush does a phenomenal job. I mean, I did not for one second during the whole thing did I think, oh, this guy's not so good. I mean, I thought I was there staring at crush talking to all the kids in the front of the theater.
1: Yeah, I, I, I actually, I I didn't tell you this, but before we went in, I tried to get them to know that you were there and what we were doing so that crush would pick on you. (laughs) Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it, but, uh, you know, the, the way that the mouths move and the way that, that, that he just kind of interacts with his body, you know, motions and things like that. Very, very cool and makes it very, very believable.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I, it makes me wonder why I had never gone in there before, and I think it was just originally, it was in a kind of a different theater, they just installed it really quickly, and there was always just this huge line outside, and I was like, eh, I don't want to wait in that, but now that it's moved into a more permanent location in the seas, you know, off to its own side, uh, I, I, it's much more accessible, and you can, there's a lot of stuff to enjoy before you get in the theater, and it's definitely a show that everybody should check out.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very cool thing, and... Uh i i'm glad that we went there so thank you for that one
0: you know there's another kind of similar technology that emerged over at walt disney world this year it wasn't the virtual characters so much as characters that we've seen for years and years now coming more to life
1: oh yes this is that scary thing with the moving mouths and such uh for the uh what is that the dream along with mickey show is that that's is that where the one? it
0: started? Yeah, it was the mm-hmm. Castle Stage Show. Uh, I think it replaced the Cinderella Bration, which had been borrowed from Tokyo, I believe. And this new show, while the show itself is, yeah, it's you're kind of your typical Castle Stage Show. Now, all of the the costumed characters are brought even more to life; that their mouths are moving and their eyes are blinking, and it's very cool. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I was quite amazed. I actually pointed it out to Terry when we were walking through the hub, and we stopped and looked and. And I, I asked her, I said, do you notice anything? And she's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't notice anything. And I said, look at their mouths. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I said, yeah, that, the, you know, Donald was singing at one point, And as he went, his eyes closed <laughs> and his mouth opened. And I was like, that is so awesome. It's, it's a little creepy at first because you're not used to it. But, um, you know, once you get used to it, it, it makes it really believable.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine the next step is combining that technology with this whole living character initiative that they've been working on with Lucky the Dinosaur and the Muppet Mobile Lab and actually having the roaming, you know, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, etc. finally be able to talk and interact with guests in the park as opposed to just talking on stage.
1: Ooh, that would be interesting because they would have to have some way to duplicate Mickey's voice as he's walking around. The cast member would have to be able to interact or they'd have to have somebody off stage being the voice
0: of right. that character. That would be my guess. I mean, that's how they did it with uh, with Beaker and Bunsen Honeydew for the Muppet Mobile Lab, and that worked great. So I don't. I see no reason why they couldn't do it with some of the more familiar characters to everyone.
1: Yeah, like install cameras in the eyes, and you know, in the pupils or something like that, so that it, they yeah. can see what's going on.
0: I think it'd be really cool. I mean, uh, they've—they're definitely making this technology known uh, on the Christmas Day parade that was aired just a couple of days ago. Uh, when they sho- showed the shots behind Regis and Kelly of Mickey and Minnie, and they were talking back and forth to each other, they used these new heads with the moving mouths and blinking eyes and everything, and it looked great on TV.
1: Oh yeah, I was talking with John Carigliano during uh, the Mickey's Very Christmas, uh, Very Merry Christmas party, and he indicated that when they did the taping uh, it was the same exact parade that i had seen except they used the heads
0: yeah it's the first time i think i've seen them outside of that castle stage show so i i can only imagine that they've got big plans for them in the future i certainly hope so it's
1: you know now that i've gotten used to it i like it so it's it's fairly cool now you had mentioned the the muppet mobile lab earlier um that started out in, in california and then it moved to you guys I never got a chance to see it while I was out here. I know you did because I saw your video on your podcast.
0: Yeah, what's uh, really crazy about this whole living character initiative is they're developing these really amazing animatronics fully developed with, you know, all these features to them and just simply running them as small tests. They ran Lucky for a matter of a few weeks and then he flew on out to Tokyo for a while and now he's just kind of gone and out of commission and... Same thing with the Muppet Mobile Lab. He was at California Adventure for really no time at all. I want to say a couple weeks max. I know he was out at Epcot for, t- again, two weeks max. And from what I just read, he'll be out in Tokyo for a little while. And then maybe he'll go back to the warehouse too. So, But I really enjoyed it. I thought the Muppet Mobile Lab was really one heck of a piece of technology.
1: Yeah, I, I had a chance to see video of Lucky and of uh, the Muppet Mobile Lab. And of the two, I liked the Muppet Mobile Lab a lot better because it was interactive and it, it you know he could talk to people and that really yeah. blessed it
0: yeah absolutely my the only complaint i would have about the muppet mobile lab was the, uh, they just needed a little bit more rehearsal as far as interaction the jokes were just a little bit stale but other than that i mean that you know that kind of fleshes out over time and which is something they didn't really have they just spent a week or two there but other than that i mean the technology just watching that thing roll around and beaker and Bunsen honeydew are both looking back and forth and i mean they would be rolling through a tiny little area of epcot and comment on just random people to their left and right as they drove by them at you know five ten miles an hour just offhand comments and keep on moving so i mean it was completely lifelike
1: yeah i know you followed them completely out of the park all the way over by imagination and that was actually the best part about it was when you followed them uh, along and you were just, you know, they weren't doing anything specific, just interacting with guests as they went by. And that Yeah, was just I think that's cool. really
0: going to be the, the future of all of this. They say that, so, that Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker are both removable from that whole vehicle and they would be able to be completely self-contained and be stuck, let's say, outside Muppet Vision 3D or in a seat inside the theater and would just be able to talk and interact with anybody that comes up to them.
1: Oh, wow. That would be too cool. Now, you mentioned jokes that need to flesh out over time. Uh, that immediately made me think of the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor, which I got a chance to see just the other day. I don't... Uh, I mean, Maybe they've had enough time to practice, but I don't think it was as bad as initial uh, reviews were saying.
0: Now, did you just see it for the first time when you were out here a couple of weeks ago for MouseFest? Fest? yes. They, they have made some pretty dramatic changes to it from when it first opened, and I personally haven't been back because, I you know, I enjoyed it the first time I was there, but the way I saw it was I don't really ever need to go back again because it would just kind of be a rehash of the, the same old thing all over again. What did you think?
1: It was actually kind of cool. I found myself wanting to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was pretty uh it was pretty neat, you know the jokes are are you know very low level comedy, but they have to be um right. but the the mix of pre-recorded stuff and quote unquote live stuff is uh is very cool and i I like the texting um ability, the fact that you can send in jokes and uh and then they will tell them that's i've I've never have they ever done anything with text messaging before?
0: I don't think so. Uh, That's the first I've ever heard of anything like that.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I also like the way that they uh, set it up because they give you the number that you send your text message to. But if you don't know the keyword that they give you um, over the PA system, then they know that you're not there. So I can't be sending in jokes from home because I don't know the keyword that you put in before. And that's a great way to keep the show actually live and 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 fresh all the time
0: yeah i i mean i think i think keeping it fresh is really the key to that show um when i look at that show though what i feel like is uh turtle talk now that i've seen it i feel like somebody somewhere had an idea of hey let's you know make this attraction uh, of turtle talk with crush and we want it to be an interactive character now let's figure out how to do it so they built the the underlying technology to make it happen then they said well now we've got this technology, what else can we do with it? And I think that's where sometimes they tend to steer off course when they're basing an attraction on technology instead of vice versa.
1: That's true. Although I don't think this was a bad choice. Um, it, it may be something that they have to rework over time and and you know have have different things recorded for it. But they've got a couple of things in there that, as far as I can tell, are absolutely pre-recorded. So they've got some sort of script that they have to stick with every single show. So it'll be interesting to see what they do.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that they definitely could continuously update in the future, unlike something, let's say, like, Across the Way Stitch's Great Escape, which is pretty much set in its ways and not, you know, as popular as it probably should be. And that's not something they can very easily change. So I think the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor definitely has potential for the future.
1: Yeah, I do, too. And that's, uh, that's good. I like new, fresh, exciting things in
0: Tomorrowland. Uh, let's see what else, uh, what
1: else did we have here?
0: Well, uh, over at Epcot, there was uh, another kind of update. It was less so than, you know, Timekeeper to Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. That was a major change over at Epcot, over in the uh, the Mexico Pavilion. They went from El Rio del Tiempo to the new Gran Fiesta Tour, starring the three caballeros. Oh, that's
1: right. I rode that on one of my last nights that I was there. Interesting redo. Uh, they took a kind of a stale old attraction and added animated characters to it and i you know i i came off of it going all right it was it was just i don't know it almost didn't seem to have a purpose but at the same time it made it a lot more interesting than it was what uh, w- what did you think on that one uh,
0: i have two opinions about it one i'm curious as to why they they kind of picked the three caballeros it's a so, you know relatively unknown you know group of characters i mean obviously everybody knows donald duck but the other two is you know unless you're a real disney fan and have have seen the three caballeros you're probably not too familiar with them i don't even know the their names off the top of my head and uh so that was kind of a bizarre choice i guess it obviously fits in with the mexico theme um, but the other thing that i really feel about it is i really loved the old mexico ride uh, the el real el rio del Tampo, simply because it was just kind of so cheesy and dated and it just kind of had that fun old epcot feel to it the new one is very flat and high definition and you know giant bright colors on these projections everywhere you look and it just kind of has less of a, a warm 3d feeling to it than the old one did yeah
1: it's definitely bright i noticed that as i was going through it's the it's almost too bright it's uh um, as you're walking or as you're floating through it you're like whoa that is bright.
0: Yeah, all of the animation is, is very vibrant, whereas it's the complete polar opposite from what it used to be, which was these old scratchy film reels that were running, you know, over and over for decades. So it was just kind of a startling thing to see in there. I like the old one. I like the new one. I'm not going to say amazing things about either one, but I don't mind it being there by any means.
1: Yeah, I didn't mind it. And and I'll write it again. It's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's it, It's a small world in Mexico.
0: That, that's my favorite part of the ride anyway is the, the small world-ish part and they left that 99.9% untouched so I'm happy with that. Yeah, the fireworks were still there, right? I remember that. Yeah, the fireworks on the ceiling is there. What they did take away though, which I'm also happy about is at the very end there was that kind of giant creepy carousel thing with the marionette sort of characters and that thing always creeped me out so now instead they've got a huge projection there which i do like
1: yeah yeah it it was a cool attraction i think i think it was good and and for redoing it and kind of upgrading it 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 was done quite well so you know i i, I give it a go for it
0: now i can tell you another attraction out here got a major refurbishment uh like the grand fiesta tour but this one really really made it much much better and of course i'm talking about my favorite attraction the haunted mansion
1: oh yeah now see when i rode this i said that i was really looking forward to it i went in and i i went in the stretching room and i was like wow this sounds amazing i got on the rest of the ride and i went
0: eh. This coming from somebody who's had a nice, pristine, beautiful in sync haunted mansion for many years now, out in California.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's why. I think that that other than the the staircase, the Escher room, and the um, obviously the upgrade to uh, Lo, uh, whatever Leota, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and the sound in the in the stretching room. Other than those, there was they just brought it up to code.
0: And Which, The New Bride, of course.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. See, and I'm so used to seeing that, that for me, it wasn't even anything special. But it it's nice now. Now it's up to what I would expect The Haunted Mansion to look like.
0: So, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah. It, yeah I think they, you know, I've been going in there i I almost stopped going in there for a while just because i would cringe as i went through the graveyard at the end and i would hear the singing busts on one verse the ghosts in one scene on another verse of grim grinning ghosts and when you enter the scene they're on another verse and all the musicians are playing in different times and it was just a giant cacophony of a big disaster and now you go in there and everything's in sync and it sounds like it's supposed to and it sounds great
1: right see and then that's where i'm torn you know because i went in and i was expecting to be thrilled and I was initially, and then after that, I was just pleased. So I guess I can't really complain about it because it it looks fantastic. But at the same time, I, I was hoping for more. So when I originally left, it was like, oh. But then as I look back on it, I'm like, well, now now I've got a good mansion to go on in Florida. And that's yeah, great. Yeah,
0: exactly. I, I think as of this moment, I like the Haunted Mansion out here more than the one in California just because it's the one that I always grew up with and now... When I ride it, aside from obviously the new changes, it's the same Haunted Mansion that I remember from years ago, going through and just looking at everything and going, wow, this is awesome. Now, if you take the one in California, you add the new stretching room audio, maybe you put the staircase scene in the load area, I might swing in that direction again.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they take that Escher staircase and take the entire load area from in California and just put stairs everywhere. And do like they should have done in the Escher area, in uh, in your mansion, and then yeah, that, I mean they've they've, they've already run. got
0: kind of the grand staircase where the doom buggies come down in the load area in California, and they could just continue that theme all the way through. And then when it comes to be Haunted Mansion holiday time, just scatter nightmare characters all over the stairs, and it'll be great.
1: Yep, and they could they could put it in that entire area right and left after you turn out of the hallway, and it would yeah. just it would just be thrilling. So we can cross our fingers and hope. Uh, So I guess for Haunted Mansion, I would say good beginning, okay ending, you know, it's a good thing.
0: I enjoy it very much. And you know what? While we're on the subject of the Haunted Mansion, I must say my favorite Haunted Mansion event ever happened this year. And of course, that is something I mentioned briefly earlier, and that was the Disney Dream Job Contest.
1: Oh, yes, that's right. I uh, I remember going out to Disneyland and, and going to the Haunted Mansion and seeing you dressed as a Haunted Mansion butler.
0: It was the time of my life. I remember... Uh, almost a year ago now, first reading about the contest and coming on Inside the Magic and saying, everybody, you know, here's this contest that Disney and Career Builder are running. Uh, feel free to enter as long as you're not entering the Haunted Mansion co- uh, uh, category because I will be one of the winners of that. And sure enough, five months later, I was a winner thanks to many, 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 many listeners out there who voted for me. And I do want to say a huge thank you once again to everybody who did vote for me, including you, Paul and uh, cuz it was just the most amazing thing ever.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 voting mechanism for that made it uh, made it quite an interesting controversy, but I think when all was uh, was said and done, I think everybody came out of it quite happy, especially those uh what was it, 20 25 it
0: tw- people. Yep, 25 people got to uh, head on out there for a full all expenses paid trip to Disneyland to have a whirlwind weekend of going through a miniature version of traditions and training and costuming and makeup and figuring out everything we we're going to do and then we were all thrust into our dream jobs and went at it for several hours all the while cameras were following us and people taking pictures and it was just a, a nutty series of events but it was so much fun
1: i think my favorite part of that weekend was standing out there watching you walk the ghost dog
0: That's one that, uh, you know, uh, I set up over on my forum a special area that only the winners... Um, have access to and we were chatting away for months and months uh, prior you know as soon as we all found out that we were winners trying to figure out okay what is it that we're all going to be doing and the biggest thing that we were worried about was that ghost dog thing at least amongst the Haunted Mansion people that we (laughs) thought we were going to get those cheesy little you know bright blue or bright yellow things that you can buy in any thrift store and we were going to walk around New Orleans Square looking like a bunch of goofballs but they actually ended up giving us these really nice leather uh, you know, invisible ghost dog collars and leashes with these little tags on it. One was Fifi and the other was Buddy. And I had a blast doing that. It was great to watch all the little kids pet the ghost dog and telling them all about it and interacting with them. It was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, yeah. That that one moment where that little girl came up and she, you know, she knelt down and she kind of looked at it. And you're like, go, you know, go ahead and pet it. You know, it's, it's nice. It doesn't bite. And she kind of reached over and and petted it and she looked up at you and you're like pretty cool huh and it was just that was Disney magic and you were getting to create that which is just awesome this yeah,
0: first time first time I've ever been able to do that and it just continued throughout the whole experience from spieling in the stretching rooms or the expanding rooms as I found out they're officially called mm-hmm. uh, to walking up and down the uh, portrait hallway there you know dusting and carrying a candelabra and kind of creeping people out it, it was just all such a, a wonderful amazing time
1: yeah and I have to applaud Disney for doing that kind of thing because I mean, wh- what other company in the world would think that a prize would be to come work for them for free? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, come and come and work for us, and we're not going to pay you. Congratulations,
0: you know, yeah, I, I can't imagine like Walmart doing that. Hey, come stock our shelves for a night
1: exactly. well, you know, it's it, it's a little more exciting than that working for Disney, but the, all of those people that that won that, I mean, i was I was so excited to see them all out there and having a great time and, the people that were doing the pirates were just all over the place and, you <laughs> now, know
0: actually they were told that they're disney pirates do not say are because it's not historically accurate well you know what i mean they were all <laughs> over the place <laughs> yeah no absolutely all everybody got really into it and and you know what we're all still really great friends i was just out there a couple of weeks ago and a whole bunch of us got together and had a little reunion out of disneyland met up with a lot of people from disney that made the whole thing happen and it, i think we're going to be friends forever it was really a, a great experience for all of us and, and they're going to have another one uh actually coming up probably next year it's going to be dream job contest number two so huh. definitely have to stay tuned to the podcast to hear about when that's going to be coming out
1: oh geez I, I i may enter this one
0: you should and i'll be there uh, and hopefully all my listeners will be there as well to vote for you this time
1: yeah that'll be fun and it'll be interesting to see what they choose this time
0: is, yeah, uh, we're all really pulling for them to not pick the same jobs. We've all said they, they sent out a survey to all the winners um, right after it was over saying, you know, what did you think? Uh, if we were to do it again, what would be your suggestions? And every single one of us wrote in and said, awesome, definitely do it again. We'd love to help out. The only thing we don't want you to do is pick the same jobs because we want to be the only, you know, honorary Haunted Mansion butlers, uh, high school musical parade performers, princesses waiting, et cetera, et cetera that have ever graced Disneyland, pick, you know, Tower of Terror or something.
1: It's the Disney dream job. You too can be a guest services host at City Hall.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure that's quite as much of a dream, but I, I you know what? I'd love to be in the M- Main Street Electrical Parade or Disney's Electrical Parade or whatever they're calling it now.
1: Well, I'd like to be in the Main Street Electrical Parade. There's my dream. Anyway. That,
0: w- that would definitely <laughs> be a dream. Bring it back to Disneyland and have you be in it. That would be awesome.
1: Absolutely. So I, I noticed when I was out at Epcot, totally, totally changing the subject here, that they've still got those, those Leave-A-Legacy things out there.
0: When when are they getting rid of those? Uh, Well, my head is on one of them, and I paid to have it there, so hopefully never as far as my wallet's concerned. But as far as the aesthetics of the front of Epcot, hopefully soon because they're not the prettiest things in the world, they did stop selling them finally a few months ago.
1: Did they stop selling them because they weren't selling, or did they stop selling them because they went, No, we're done. This is the the end of this, the life of this thing.
0: They didn't say officially, uh, just kind of they let everybody know that they were going to stop selling them. They removed the kiosks uh, around Spaceship Earth. They removed the one that was kind of over off to the right side uh, near the entrance area ish. And there's a lot of empty tiles left on those on those monuments, I guess you can call them. So my guess is somewhere in the agreement when I bought mine, I don't even remember what they said. They probably had a minimum number of years that it would be there like they do with the the tiles down, at, you know, in the base of entrance of Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. And after that number of years, I'm going to guess that they're going to yank those things out of there. Huh? Yeah, I, I called them the tombstones. So that's a lot of people refer to him as that. And it really does look like that, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So that's, uh, I guess that's something that happened at the, at the end of, or during this year was they stopped selling those. So those, yeah, they've
0: been around for a while now. I remember actually when they first popped up, I guess it was right around, um, the 100 Years of Magic, I think, is when they started back in 2001, and I thought they were only going to be selling them for a very limited time there, so I rushed over there, and I got one, I was, you know, one of the first, I don't know, a couple hundred people to get one on there, and then it went on for years and years, and now in 2007, it's all over and done with. Hmm. Interesting.
1: I uh, I never had the urge to get one, but uh, I guess that's another opportunity lost.
0: Yeah, you won't be able to get that there. My wife actually, for my past uh, this past anniversary, our wedding anniversary, got us a stone uh, out in the front of Disneyland, which I definitely cherish that a lot more than my goofy little head and leave a legacy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's very cool. Uh, did did you hear when I uh, when I did a show earlier earlier this year when I went on the trains uh, around Disneyland?
0: No, I don't think I, I heard that one. No,
1: no, I sat up in the tender. With the uh, with the people that were up there. And one of the things that I found out is that Disneyland uh, at, at least I believe that it's just Disneyland went uh, green with their trains this year. Uh, and what I mean by that is they're now
0: using biodiesel in uh, all of their their trains. That's right. I remember reading about that, and I think you are right. I think it is only Disneyland at this point, but uh, it's a it's an interesting switch. I've heard both good things and bad things about the switch.
1: Well, one of the things that w- that we had a good time joking as we you know made our grand circle tour around the Magic Kingdom was uh, that we were smelling French fries.
0: Yeah, that would be one of the bad things. There's a, a New Orleans Square stop uh, for the train, and every once in a while, I guess they have to expunge a lot of the built up I don't don't know if it's steam or whatever it is it kind of looks like steam but it was actually while I was out there for the dream job contest and a lot of the cast members just all of a sudden started kind of getting all hustly outside because this large ominous cloud was coming over the Haunted Mansion and it almost looked like something was on fire until somebody realized no it was just the train emitting this bizarre gas into the air which I guess is environmentally friendly. (laughs) <laughs> huh Interesting.
1: Well, I was glad to hear that they had done it. you know, even though one of my fond memories of of the train was smelling the uh, the diesel coming out of the trains that uh, th- that meant Disneyland to me in sort of a sick perverted way. Uh, (laughs)
0: Well, if switching to biodiesel means that the trees around Disneyland get to stay healthy a little bit longer, then uh, you're going to have to deal without your smell, I guess. Exactly. Plus,
1: they have the added benefit of once the train goes through, uh, you know, one of the lands at Disneyland, everybody there is now craving French fries. So (laughs) sales of French fries probably go through the roof.
0: Right. It's probably a partnership with McDonald's. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. So they, you know, you spend millions and millions of dollars on something that you really, really don't need. That's true. <laughs> uh, that was my bad attempt at getting us into the bibbity-bobbity Millions of dollars on something you don't need.
0: Well, uh, if that's true, then they're about to be doing it for the third time from what I hear out at Disneyland. Uh, This year in 2007, they added it to Cinderella Castle, which became the second Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique, the first being over at Downtown Disney out here. And from what I understand, they are wildly successful.
1: I saw a bunch of girls while I was walking around uh, Walt Disney World that were completely dolled up. In these outfits, and the first time I saw them, I asked the parents. I said, "What's up with this?" And they said, "Oh, it's the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique," and I I was like, "Wow!" Because they completely redo these girls. I mean, hair, makeup, clothes, everything.
0: Yeah, the real wow comes when you look at the check when you're done with the whole thing. You're <laughs> talking hundreds of dollars to get that done.
1: Yeah, and it's you know it's not like the uh, you know you know the barber shop where you you know you get sprinklies in your hair and stuff. <laughs>
0: I mean, (laughs) that's right. Although they do have a new um, cool prince or something like that that they can do for for boys wanting to go into the Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutique.
1: Yeah, see, I was going to do that, but they said I was too old.
0: Oh, that's too bad. But uh, yeah, when I was out at Disneyland a couple weeks ago, I spotted some people wandering around in a shop behind Sleeping Beauty Castle, and they had some blueprints laid out on the table, and in giant letters at the top, it said Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boutique, and they were pointing at stuff, and I can only imagine they're they're planning to put it out there now.
1: Now, that was on the left-hand side as you walk through the castle uh, next to the Snow White, right, if I'm not mistaken?
0: Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's that little store that right now they actually have princessy stuff in there, the princess dresses and little dolls and all that kind of stuff. So it would just be kind of a natural transition from one princess thing to another. Huh,
1: interesting. I'll have to uh, keep an eye on that and let you know what I see as I'll be there next month. So I'll, uh, I'll see if they're making any changes on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've done a really nice job. When I saw it open up out at the the World of Disney, uh, downtown Disney, I was amazed at what they had done. I was, you know, I had heard about it before and I thought, oh, it's going to be this cute little, you know, sit down in a stool and they'll do your hair and give you a dress. But no, I mean, they decked it out. It's a real salon through and through with the giant mirrors and the big chairs and the hair things. And, you know, I don't know what any of it's called, but it looks like a salon. Wow. Well, that that would be a a, a way
1: to uh, to make your little girl happy and uh, to make your wallet hurt, and I guess uh, I guess that's good, huh?
0: Yeah, and while little girls are happy to be made over in princess, I can tell you a way to make a lot of Disney, especially Epcot fans, happy, <laughs> and that would be the removal of that giant wand over Spaceship Earth.
1: <laughs> I knew where you were going the minute you went that way. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe he just took that statement I made and transformed it into, uh, into the wand being removed. But yay. I I went out there and I was in tears the first time I saw spaceship earth. It wasn't open, but I could see it all the way around. And there was no Mickey wand. I was oh, just
0: happy as yeah clam. it's it's what you remember for you know it is epcot that is the the symbol of epcot you're you know the symbol is not a giant mickey hand it's not a giant wand and it's certainly not a giant ugly sign that says epcot you right. know it should be just this amazing spaceship earth in all of its glory just sitting there and you look at it and you're like wow how does that thing even really exist in the real world
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and and it, it was just it was nice, you know, when I first saw it, I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, it's got the big old two thousand over it mm-hmm. and everything. And and then it just stayed. And I'm like, no, go away. And and when I heard it was going away, I was just elated. And being there now, I am just so glad that it's back to its former glory. And they're working on the inside too.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch the wand being removed. Um, piece by piece over the matter of a couple of weeks, and it actually went down a lot faster than they had said it was going to be. So it was a very monumentous occasion when the final pieces finally came down, and now you're right, they are just wrapping up a refurbishment of the interior of Spaceship Earth. Yeah, and I got a chance to ride it at MouseFest, did you? I did. I just went on a couple of days ago, and I guess it's, it's, from what I understand, like 99.6% done or so. There's just a few little tweaks that they're going to be doing between now and the official February something or other opening date. What did you think?
1: Um, Well, (laughs) I was actually kind of worried when you were saying it was almost done. I was hoping they were going to use the time between now and February to fix the return to Earth. Um, When I went up in the ride, first off, completely blown away by the new animation that used to be just those changing images now, right. they, now they've got that big mammoth and the you know the animation just fantastic on that
0: yeah it almost looks like the old scenes where we right it was just these still kind of slide projections of the cavemen and everything and they just you just stood it there and you're like okay yay it slides but now it's the same look but they move
1: yeah and and i i was surprised when i went through and i was recording so i couldn't talk but <laughs> I, I, you know, I was trying to get through to terry that this was You know, something that was very cool and it had been upgraded. And, you know, because she asked me at the beginning, she said, what got upgraded uh, on this? And I said, I'll tell you at the end. Right. And uh, I ended up at the end saying pretty much everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When I was going through the first half of the ride and I was seeing all these very familiar scenes that I've seen for so many years now but they there were just brand new animatronics in every single scene that were moving so fluidly my jaw was just like on the floor of my car i was like wow this looks
1: awesome absolutely all of the uh, the people that are acting and moving and you know t- talking and whatever everybody is moving and it's that new fluid motion where you know it does the correction at the end so it looks natural and it just it it's it's what it should have been but they didn't have the technology back then and, and
0: it's the first time we've gotten new animatronics out here short of jack sparrow in a very long time i mean you guys got the you know you keep get, getting your auctioneer and pirates upgraded every time there's new technology we're still stuck with the old pirate back from the 70s yeah. and uh, so it's great to see they must have installed at least seven eight nine brand new state-of-the-art animatronics in there
1: oh yeah and you know that it pays to be close to Burbank. That's why we keep getting them. (laughs) That's right. But those, uh, those new animatronics are just, just amazing. The, the one thing I had a question about though, uh, when you wrote it and you got into that scene where they were talking about the computers, where they had um, Lieutenant Uhura basically over on the right hand side in the go, go boots and that sort of thing. Was she Uh moving when you went through it? No. I wonder if those are going to move at all. I don't know. Yeah, that, it, it was rather interesting because they had all of these fabulous animatronics in all, right. in all of the old scenes. Right. And then when they went to go into the area that used to be the AT&T Global Communications Center mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, all of a sudden it became static sets.
0: From what I understand, the uh, figures in those new scenes are figures from the old scenes reworked.
1: Huh. Interesting. Uh, But
0: that that new scene, that first computer scene where it used to just be you're looking on the left side of the vehicle and there was nothing to your right. And it was, you know, the two kids chatting over the Internet or, you know, whatever they thought it was back when that scene was developed. Uh, Now it's this giant scene on both sides of the vehicle, which just hugely expanded that whole area.
1: Yeah, that's that's good use of mirrors like they did in the Haunted Mansion for the, the Escher area. They, they built it and built it in such a way that they could use mirrors and you can't see
0: yourself as you go by. Uh, To be honest, I didn't even notice that there were any mirrors in that scene. So I guess it worked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of an interesting thing about the, the next scene, I guess you, if I remember correctly, you leave out of that room and
0: you go towards a, a, a garage And yeah, and there's this pickup truck on the left and all of a sudden you're outside on this garage, which was kind of cool to go from this, you know, crazy 70s computer, you know, blips and lights everywhere to being in the pitch blackness of night with this truck sitting over there.
1: Yeah. And and then you go into the next
0: room and has have you heard who that is supposed to be? Well, the narration doesn't officially say anyone. It says, you know, bright young minds are, were working on the invention of the personal computer or whatever it is that uh, Judy Dench, the new narrator, says. But uh, from what everybody has been saying, it was loosely or not so loosely based on uh, the creators of Apple, which were Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak.
1: Now, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that because I know that the, uh, the Hewlett Packard people we're we're doing the whole breakthrough thing and i'm i'm kind of interested to see if we can actually get an imagineer or somebody to commit to who that actually is supposed to be because everybody thinks it's Steve Jobs or Steve Wozniak and i'm wondering if it's not uh, you know Mr. Hewlett or Mr. Packard
0: Well, you know, it's one of those things that they left vague, and I'm thinking it's on purpose. Um, I don't know if Hewlett-Packard were working out of their garage, but uh, Jobs and Wozniak certainly were. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a similar situation that you see there. If you look at the animatronic and the hairstyle and the scruffy beard and you look at an old photo of both Jobs and Wozniak, it looks very similar to both of them.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that they kept it quite as vague as they did.
0: And the fact that Steve Jobs is a majority shareholder of Disney probably has something to do with it. I don't think it has anything to do with it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that
1: that was interesting. And you mentioned uh, something, which is that Dame Judy Dench is the
0: new narrator for the attraction. Were you happy with that? Um, when I first heard of... Her being named the new narrator, I thought, oh, that could be be very good. You know, we go from a very distinguished British actor, Jeremy Irons, to mm-hmm. another very distinguished British actress, Judy Dench. So I thought, OK, very natural transition. One's male, one's female. Other than that, it's kind of the same uh, the same person, basically. But unfortunately, I think the new narration is a little bit more lighthearted than the old one.
1: I was not at all happy with the narration. Um, I, I think that the, that spaceship earth, and this may be just because I had seen the previous one, uh, it will be interesting to ask Terry about it, but, um, it just, it didn't seem as majestic with, uh, Judy Dench reading it and the, the text that she was reading her actual words seemed to be not, not written to be amazing and and just I mean before it was you know like a grand and miraculous you know it's boom 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 right and now she's reading it it is as, as in like you know and then the Romans they were over here and that was the world's worst <laughs>
0: you know worldwide web isn't that it, cool? it's like a children's story yeah yeah I, was, I, I completely agree and and you know it's funny she they, they kept the same opening line to the attraction the one that you just mentioned and so when she went into that I was like oh man it's gonna be the same just with a different person or, you know, just kind of tweaked here and there, but then she went off in a completely different direction and kind of had the, the, like, yeah, like I just said, it's a, almost a teacher teaching its students rather than having it be a real monumental thing you're going through. And yeah, I I think it's okay. Um, could be better.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was a little disappointed with that as, as I was disappointed with the, uh, the fact that they took all of those very cool scenes out coming back down the, uh, the uh, the backwards you return to earth and just gave you that black tunnel with the flashing lights and you're supposed to stare at the screen the entire way down
0: uh, yeah i guess from what i understand uh there's a, a few ways of looking at it the most um the, the correct way i guess of looking at it is that the ride is over when you get to the top you have gone through the history of communication you're at the present you, you're out in space and now you're just coming back to Earth. So enjoy the ride. Enjoy this stuff on the screen. We'll get, have you off the ride in a few minutes.
1: Yeah. Mm, not buying it.
0: I don't know. So what, <laughs> I, I also understand that these old scenes are still there, just covered up. So are maybe we'll make, make an appearance someday.
1: Uh, that's, I, w- I was hoping that, you know, in this last two months, they were going to take out the, you know, that they had just thrown that ba- black tarp over us so that they could open it. But they didn't, weren't letting us see what was behind it quite yet.
0: Yeah, it's not... Uh, it wasn't in the budget. They interviewed a lot of people after the ride opened for all these previews. And most people said exactly what you just said, that they're not too thrilled with the second half of the ride, since it's essentially nothing other than staring at a screen. Right. And uh, I think, you know, maybe in the future we'll see them hopefully do something about those comments but in the meantime people do seem to be enjoying um what may what was probably not working when you saw it which was putting your own face in that animation at the end
1: i did not see that yeah that that uh they said at the beginning you know look at the mirror and wait right. for the flash there was never a flash and they said okay thank you and then that was it where where, where do they do your face
0: um, I, you know, I haven't personally seen it yet, but it's, uh, it is working now and somewhere in that whole animation at the end, I guess they stick your head on various characters throughout. And it, I've heard a lot of people have laughed profusely at it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's the reaction that Spaceship Earth has ever gotten in its history was, you know, laughter, but maybe that's what they were going for. Why are all these people coming off Spaceship Earth giggling?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, not uh, well. I'll have to check it out at MouseFest 08 and see what it is. I'm, you know, I'm going to re- uh, reserve final uh, judgment on it until it's actually open and they tell us uh, what it is. But I'm, I'm hoping for some tweaks between now and then. I'll agree, and uh, that uh, I, I actually got a chance to bid farewell to MGM while I was out there at uh, at MouseFest this year too.
0: Yeah, most of the major uh, Disney MGM Studios logos have been removed, uh, both the one from the Earful Tower as well as the one over the large archway leading to the animation courtyard. Really, the only major reference left to it is at the main entrance of the park and, of course, on all the signage out on the roads because it's becoming Disney's Hollywood Studios.
1: Absolutely. An interesting name, but I guess at the same time, you know, it it makes sense. Um Yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. Do they really need to do this? Do you know what the backstory is behind it?
0: Unfortunately, um, they haven't really said a whole lot other than they want Hollywood to be their middle name.
1: Uh-huh. That sounds <laughs> like I the, wrote
0: it. Yeah. Uh, aside from that statement, it just seems, I mean, it seems odd to me that Disney would ever have opened a theme park with somebody else's studio in the name of the park? It's just, it's just kind of bizarre to me. So I would imagine they've been trying to devise a way to get rid of MGM from the name for so long, especially since most people refer to the park as MGM.
1: Yeah, and then that's what I do. And, you know, I, I've never said I'm going to the Disney Studios or anything like that. And just like Epcot Center, I will continue to refer to it by, uh, you know, calling it the Disney MGM Studios. Or going yeah, to M- I'm going to MGM.
0: Uh, amongst cast members, I believe they refer to it as the studios. So I'm going to try to pick that one up. I don't think referring to it as Hollywood would work very well. You know, I'm going to Hollywood. That's a little bit confusing, especially since there's a Hollywood Florida. So I'm thinking the studios would probably work. Of course, then it could be Universal Studios. So who knows?
1: Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's true. That's uh, absolutely true. Uh, now, I one thing I missed while I was out uh, at Walt Disney World this year... Uh, even though I went to Le Cellier, uh for, the, for my very first time, I did not get a chance to go around the corner and see the new Canada film, which I hear is uh, is really good.
0: I like it. I, the old one was dated, as m- things tend to get at Epcot when they're you know talking about real life places. It over time just you know happens and uh, updated with uh, you know Martin Short, a native Canadian. Uh, did a really great job. I think the film was funny and uh, entertaining and informative and works.
1: I, th- I think my favorite part of what I saw off of your podcast was the uh, where he freezes the snow. and yeah. And then it all falls on him.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, you know, it's a good mix of kind of silly comedy up on the screens and and actually telling you you know this is canada this is what it looks like this is what it isn't despite many rumors and you know it's a lot of fun as opposed to the old one which was just a little kind of dull and typical you know documentary kind of film
1: yeah i the only thing that that i saw on your your video that i wished i hadn't is the um they changed well they didn't change it they just re-recorded the theme song
0: Yeah, that's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are real big fans of old, cheesy, you know, 80s Epcot songs and Oh Canada kind of, uh, or or whatever that song is actually called, uh, (laughs) kind of took the cake for for cheesiness and it's a little bit different now.
1: Yeah, uh, but I understand that they did, uh, they had somebody fairly famous record it though. It was the winner of Canadian Idol. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense.
0: They have to give them something to do, I think. Yeah, they, you know, they tend to go off on their own and sell some records and then vanish off the face of the earth, so at least now she'll be at Epcot for another 15 years until they update it again.
1: There you go. Now, I know one of the cool things that I did see, because I didn't see Canada, uh, the o Canada thing, but I did get a chance to see the wonderful castle
0: lights that you guys have at the Magic Kingdom. Wow. I love it. I think it's one of the best holiday editions they've had in a really long time.
1: I mean, and they didn't just add lights. They, they I mean there's a stage show and everything.
0: Yeah, they went all out. I saw the uh the equivalent out at California a couple of weeks ago which was basically, "Hey everyone, we're going to light the castle now." Flip Okay, it's on. Thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, out here it's this massive production. It's like a six or seven minute stage show where they bring on all these characters and they've got the the moving heads that we were talking about with the mouths and the eyes and they, you know, the the fairy godmother comes out in the middle of the castle and she has everybody chant with her and then the castle lights really elaborately and the whole thing is on and it's a really glorious, momentous event.
1: Absolutely. And we, we saw that for the first time. We actually saw it light from the uh, the top of the contemporary resort
0: that's a good place to see it
1: yeah it was uh, and it, and it was breathtaking from there
0: i mean yeah, you know it's it's something that i saw a few photos of prior to seeing it in person and i thought oh that looks pretty cool you know the whole castle's all lit up it looks neat and then when you see it in person it really is amazing to see this huge castle just covered top to bottom, in these bright white lights just looking like snow and ice melting right off the thing.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a true statement, bright white lights. I mean, that thing is blinding. It's, it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I, I guess uh, for a long time now, um, the castle over at Disneyland Paris has done something similar because when they built it, they built in fiber optics into the castle, but I don't think they were quite as giant and overwhelmingly bright as what they've done here now.
1: Yeah. Now, and they're also doing this this castle Christmas lights thing at Tokyo. No, Hong Kong. Is it?
0: Yeah. I, um. I forget which one it is. But you're right. I did get a picture of that the other day, and it looks very similar to what they did out at Disneyland.
1: Yeah. the The only difference, though, is that they have Mickey come out, and he stands up on a podium and does like a sorcerer's apprentice kind of thing to a musical score, and he lights the castle a la
0: Walt Disney World. Oh, well, that's very cool. I haven't seen that. It sounds like Disneyland definitely got the short end of things this year.
1: Yes, but, you know, occasionally we get things, you know, Nemo, things like that. So occasionally yeah. we have to step down and get something else. But for for you and for other people that, uh, that don't uh, or that haven't seen it yet, look it up on YouTube. That's where I saw the videos.
0: And I'll definitely check that out. Um, I do want to ask you, though, since you're the uh, Californian of this conversation, how long have they been <laughs> doing the... Small world holiday projection on the outside of the the facade. I'm thinking two years. Because I had never heard anything at all about that. I didn't even know it existed. And I was just wandering around in that area. And all of a sudden, all the lights turned off. And it started doing all this dancing stuff. And I was just like, wow, this is really cool.
1: Oh, yeah. see, it started, I think, as a way to kind of um, satisfy the people who were stuck in small world mall... Uh, during the 50th fireworks. Ah, okay. Cause you don't get to see any of the projections on the castle. You don't get to right. see the fire. You don't get to see anything. So they decided that they would put up, um, these projections on small world. And then they decided, well, we've got it there. Why don't we do something occasionally? So they would do, you know, the things from the nutcracker and things like that. And just put, you know, Disney animation up there. And, and it makes for a, a very cool little just kind of stop and watch kind of attraction.
0: Yeah, what I thought was really nifty about it was not so much the part where, you know, Tinkerbell's flying around on the outside and it's like, okay, yes, that's a projection, but it was more the parts where they would illuminate little intricate pieces of the small world facade where there's all these triangles and you know rectangles and all these different shapes each one in its own color and they would keep alternating and rotating colors and it was just like the coolest thing ever
1: yep and that has got to be some sort of major alignment nightmare
0: oh i can imagine (laughs)
1: um now when i was I, i was talking about the contemporary earlier um when i was there i saw a new shop at least i think it's a new shop that's right in the middle. There used to be like a little pin cart and stuff like that. But now there's like a big Mickey three-year silhouette. Is that is that new for 2007?
0: Yeah, they've actually been doing quite a lot of uh, renovations over at the Contemporary. Um, the whole lobby is completely different. They're really updating it to make it contemporary once again instead of contemporary as of the 70s or 80s or whenever to the time period they were planning for. Um, Aside from the lobby, they've moved the arcade from its former location down in the depths, you know, in the old food court where hardly anybody could find it. They moved that up onto the main floor where there used to be a shop bumped the shop out onto the middle of the floor that you can see from the monorail like you were just talking about and really there's kind of sprucing up the whole place they've gone through and gutted all the rooms and updated them to be these awesome contemporary rooms with flat screen tvs and all these modern you know bathroom fixtures and everything just looks really great over there now if, if people have stayed there in the past and thought eh, this doesn't look very contemporary now would definitely be the time to go back it looks great
1: it's the bathroom of the future.
0: <laughs> I now what would be really cool is if they installed uh, somewhere in there the Monsanto house of the future
1: that would be cool although um, I think that thing would not even fit in the uh, on the Grand Canyon concourse <laughs> you know i yeah, probably not I was never around when when it was but uh, the, I, I think it was much too big but nice idea though
0: um, I, I heard
1: that they're um, that they're going to be taking out the concourse steakhouse too
0: They are, and I always enjoyed that as a place where you can pretty much always go eh, without a reservation, just get something good to eat, and they're mixing up a lot of the restaurants over there. The quick service from downstairs moved upstairs somewhere, and it's kind of a grab-and-go thing, and the Concourse Steakhouse is being replaced by some other... Restaurant that I can't remember off the top of my head, so they're definitely messing with it all. But the uh, the main restaurant, the California Grill, at the very top, is staying the same.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's that was a great place, especially with the uh, with the Disney Dining Plan as as it is this year. Uh, that was a really good deal and a, and a great amount of food for for what we paid. So that's cool. Um, there were other restaurants too. Oh, the one over in Epcot, the um, Alfredo what yep, that
0: it's uh, also going through some changes um it was alfredo de roma for right. a very long time which i recently found out was a chain i didn't even know that there are a couple more throughout the country Um, and I I always kind of avoided it because I'm real picky about my Italian food. I went there just to finally go there before it closed up and it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but now it has changed hands to new management. It's kind of in a temporary phase called Tutto Italia. And next year it will be the final restaurant yet to be named exactly what it's going to be.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that. The, I, I thought the uh, the new thing that they had put in was the final thing. It's not?
0: Yeah, what, what's there now is basically under new management, but without making a lot of changes other than some tweaks to the menu. And they're going to really give it a whole new, fresh feeling sometime next year.
1: Wow. Well, as long as they don't put, uh, you know, Zazu in there, uh, we can call it <laughs> under new with, management.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, that's that wouldn't work at all. <laughs> Well, let's see. Um, but speaking oh. of animatronic birds over at uh, the World of Disney, they did bring back Pig Leg Pete from... Uh, he used to be out in front of Pirates, and I was very happy to see him come back.
1: Oh, see, uh, now it's, I heard somebody talking about pegleg Leg Pete coming back, and I th- I was thinking the the big guy from the cartoons. You're talking the little parrot.
0: Yes, it was the, uh, the Barker parrot, basically, that was uh, parked... Out in the front of the main archways in front of Pirates of the Caribbean at the Magic Kingdom, he used to you know, sing and talk to people. And then when they did the whole uh, movie refurbishment, they yanked him out of there and he vanished from existence for a while. And this kind of not so good pirate animatronic showed up at the World of Disney, clearly a third party contracted work. Uh, I guess Imagineers weren't too thrilled with him. So they yanked him out of there and brought back Peg Leg Pete.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I uh, I didn't get a chance to get over to the World of Disney. I I was going to stop there on my way out and uh and I did not get a chance to go there.
0: So I didn't see him or I probably would have known better. He's um, uh he's he's a good treat. It's something that uh, any pirate fan should go check out.
1: Yeah. Now, another thing that I missed and hopefully you at least have been over there, um they just opened up the Yak and Yeti.
0: You know, I haven't been over the yet, over there yet, but I have heard nothing but uh, good things about it. It's a, a new sit-down restaurant over in the Asia section of Animal Kingdom, and it's by the same people, uh, Landry's, who do the Rainforest Cafe and the coming soon T-Rex to downtown Disney. And uh, it doesn't have, you know, animatronics and stuff throughout. It's a more low-key restaurant, but I've heard that uh, the food's pretty good.
1: And I've heard that the theming is
0: exceptional. I mean, it blends right in with the rest of the whole Expedition Everest kind of motif in that everything throughout really takes you into the whole Nepal feeling and you just don't think that you're in a, a theme park.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to make reference to is the fact that from what I've heard, it very much is the same feel as the queue for Everest in that every little detail has been worked out down to the paint on the on the walls around electrical fixtures and things. I mean, I, I actually heard somebody saying that, I guess the, the Nepalese people believe that electricity is evil or something. And so they put a a red circle around the electric, electric figure or fixtures to, to ward off the
0: evil spirits. Interesting. I mean, I know that uh, La- yeah, Landry's design crew definitely worked with Imagineers in developing that restaurant. It wasn't just a, you know, here make a restaurant in the middle of our theme park. They really worked with them to make it all fit in.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's supposed to be an, an old mansion or an old hotel or something like that, and but they've quote unquote torn down the walls. So as you're you're sitting in the different places, you can see that the fixtures are different. In different areas, the, the the lights are different, and it's because they were supposed to be in different themed rooms.
0: Sounds very cool, and and now would be the uh, shameless plug section of this show where I can say that uh, the restaurant review in issue number two of our Orlando Attractions Magazine will actually be of the Yakin Yeti. <laughs> oh, you had to get that in somewhere. I guess yeah, I, you know, got to work it in there somewhere. attractionsmagazine.com.
1: I guess I can't uh, can't fault you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also uh, was pretty glad to hear that all of the Walt Disney World resorts now have gone smoke free, at least in the rooms, right?
0: Yeah, not smoke free a hundred percent everywhere because some people would probably be going out of their minds, unfortunately if that were true. But yes, in all of the rooms throughout, you can no longer request a smoking room because there's no such thing.
1: Huh, interesting. That, uh, that's good for me and good for Calvin. He has, uh, he has asthma pretty bad. And, uh, so I always requested a non-smoking room and, and that's good. So now you have to go outside to smoke. I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, designated areas in the parks that most people tend to obey. And, uh, I think it works out very well. You can look on a map and know exactly where to avoid if you need to.
1: Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay. So let's see. Um, I, I think we've covered the, the parks.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the major, uh, events for 2007, but that's certainly not it for Disney. A a lot of movies came out this year.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Meet the Robinsons
0: when it came out. That was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Did you see it in 3D? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I I think that
0: really added, uh, pardon the pun, but it added a whole new dimension to it. I mean, I'm not sure I would have enjoyed the movie as much without the 3D. Oh, leave the puns to me. Yes,
1: it was was very good in 3D. Um, And the fact that they put a classic Disney 3D cartoon before it made it even better.
0: That I loved and I actually completely forgot about until you just said it. But now that you mention it, I, I... thought that was really cool
1: yeah and and i don't know which one you got to see but i got to see the one that used to play in the uh the Fantasyland theater working for peanuts
0: yes that's the one i saw as well yeah
1: i i heard there was two i don't know what the other one was but uh but the idea of putting a cartoon before a major motion picture even like well i guess they just did a
0: goofy one uh before national treasure I was going to ask, I, I, I had heard about the Goofy one that they were working on it and I never heard anything more. So it is before National Treasure?
1: Yeah, I was talking with someone at work and they uh, they said that they had seen National Treasure and that it had Goofy, how to install your home theater or something yeah. to that
0: effect. Yeah, that's exactly the one. They, they actually mocked up an old you know, decades old style poster in the same style as they used to. And, and, you know, I saw that many months ago, so I'm really happy to hear that it finally came out. I'm going to have to go see that.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I liked the first national treasure movie. So the, you know, I, I would go see that without the cartoon, but apparently, uh, I've got two reasons to go see it now, which is good.
0: But as far as meet the Robinsons, you know, what was really uh, special about that movie was, you know, there were, there were Disney um, theme park references for fans <laughs> and just the whole notion of the film was was a tribute to Walt Disney and his ideas for the future and and you know how you just you know keep on inventing and trying and 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 that no dream can really be unfulfilled
1: yeah the the quote from Walt in the movie was really touching. I thought that
0: that was at, at cool. the very end of the film yeah uh-huh. yeah
1: and and the the reference to dayland
0: yeah that that's you know they had that in the trailer and it was in the movie and it just you know it, it got big laughs from me every time yeah <laughs> um i yeah i
1: saw met the uh, meet the robinsons i did not see pirates of the caribbean 3 you are lucky lucky <laughs> i didn't like it at all oh wow yeah i, I, uh, I, did, I bought you it saw the first two yeah, um, I saw the first two and I loved them. I was okay. looking forward to seeing the third one, and I just had too much going on with the podcast and other things um, to go out and see it, and it just got away from me. And I just bought the uh, the uh, two disc limited edition while I was at Epcot Center during Mouse uh, Mouse Fest, mm-hmm. so I'm finally going to get a chance to see it. But from what I understand, it did pretty darn good in the movie theaters
0: well it certainly did it didn't actually didn't do as good as the second movie but it came pretty close um i guess this third film was fifth all-time opening weekend at uh 114 million dollars um 23rd all-time domestic at 309 million dollars uh 23rd not a great number you can compare that to the last one dead man's chest the second film is sixth all-time domestic made over a hundred million dollars more than the third one. Wow. Hmm. So pretty, pretty big difference there worldwide though. They were pretty close. Um, At World's End was fifth worldwide, $961 million, and uh, Dead Man's Chest is third worldwide, so not a huge, huge difference there. Um, At World's End definitely got overshadowed by Spider-Man 3 this year, which took the highest opening weekend ever spot and has just really blown away a lot of records.
1: See, and that, I saw Spider-Man 3.
0: (laughs) So did I, and I, I enjoyed that. Unfortunately, I didn't enjoy Pirates 3 at all. I thought it was just thrown together i thought the script was a mess i thought characters were out of character for almost the entire movie and it just had a lot of unnecessary scenes that was a big snoozer for me
1: oh wow huh well i'll have to see what i think of it after i watch it on my new disney dvd is it available through your amazon
0: store i'm sure it is
1: i'm sure it is <laughs> sorry i didn't buy it through there but uh i figured that was a great way to plug your thing um uh, did you see bridge to terabitha
0: I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> well, then we don't have a whole lot to say about that one. I heard it was good, I guess. Um, it's not Chronicles of Narnia.
1: No, which I liked.
0: I, I liked that a lot, and unfortunately it's going to be a while before the next one comes out. I think they just started production a few months ago.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, a, th- this was a bad year for me for actually seeing Disney films. I didn't see Ratatouille
0: either. Oh, that movie was phenomenal. Really? I, I, one of my favorites, uh, as far as Pixar goes, I mean, it's like, you know, Toy Story, the original is way up there and then you've got Ratatouille. I loved it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Visually, it was just amazing. Absolutely stunning.
1: I'm, I want to get it on Blu-ray so that I can, you know, put it in the PlayStation 3 and, and take a look at it. But, uh, and you know, I just never got around to it. This is the sad thing, um, we had a thing called schmooze fest, which was just a local get together for window to the magic fans here Mm -hmm. in the San Francisco Bay area. And we wanted to go see a movie. I was trying to go see Ratatouille. It didn't work because of the times
0: we ended up going to see underdog. Ooh, (laughs) that one. I didn't see. How was it?
1: Uh, you know, it was cute, but it was not good
0: it was it, for me for me you know i was a fan of the old underdog cartoon i remember watching it when i was growing up and seeing the trailers i thought this isn't underdog this is some random talking dog with jason lee as the voice but it's not underdog
1: yeah it was you know it's very much like you know the garfield movie and and things like that and the scooby doo movie where right. you know they're they're trying to bring old classic cartoons and bring them forth and
0: yeah, I, I grew up with Garfield and Scooby-Doo also and I didn't see either of those either right <laughs> so yeah. well, it's I, just I, a, a trend of things that you know I could do without
1: right you know and and to to continue my uh, the list of things that I saw and didn't see this year, I saw Enchanted. Did you see Enchanted?
0: No, but I really want to. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Oh there's there's more great things
1: where those came from. That is a great movie from titles to to end credits. I mean, just the entire concept from the minute I saw the trailer, I said, sold. I, you know, I've got a ticket.
0: Yeah, I saw it too. And I thought, you know, the only complaint I had when I saw the trailer was it seemed to be like the same joke over and over and over. But I thought, all right, if if we can get past that, if it can just not be the same joke over and over throughout the movie, I think this thing really has potential. And, And from what I hear, you know, from the opening animation sequences all the way through to the end full of Disney references and a lot of great entertainment.
1: Oh, it's, it's fabulous. And the the, 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 actual animation at the beginning is wonderful and it is way over the top. I mean, it is just, it's so Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs meets Cinderella meets you bet. It's, it's all there and it's just, it's so over the top. You, when you start to watch the movie, honestly, when I started to, to see the film, I said, okay, (laughs) where are they going to take this? Right. And it just, once it went on and they got away and they went into the real life, it just sucked me in. And I was in tears. I called Terry when the film was over and I said, you have got to see this movie. And it was so good that I actually took time out of our Walt Disney world vacation. I went to the downtown Disney theaters and I took her to see that first thing. When we got to Walt Disney World. Wow. It was that good that I would give up time at Walt Disney World to take her to see that film.
0: Yeah, I've seen the reactions to uh, Giselle, the new princess from Enchanted. And she's been in a few pre-parades, both in California and here. And the reaction to her in in the parks has been really great. A lot of people seem to be, you know, embracing her just as if she were any other Disney princess that they've known for years.
1: Yeah, they've got a new classic here. This is This is a great film. And, uh, and if it, it, you haven't seen it,
0: go see it
1: because it is really a good 90 minutes or whatever it is.
0: Now on the complete flip side from that, uh, despite what any, uh, young teenager might say, I really don't want to see high school musical too.
1: Uh, see, here's where I get to go out on a limb and say you probably should. It's <laughs> not as bad as you think it is. Did you see high school musical one? No. Yeah. See, I hadn't seen it until musical two came out and you know, my son is a big fan of, of, of the film and you know, it's, it's targeted right for his age group, you know, the, right. the preteens and teens and he just, he loved it. And you know, he's a, 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 theater buff at, you know, at school and whatever. So he likes to, uh, to see all of that stuff. So it really hit home with him. It never really struck me as something I wanted to see. When the second yeah. one came out, I said, yeah, I'll see it. And I enjoyed them both.
0: Well, uh, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I've been inundated with it in the parks. I, you know, see the stuff everywhere. I see the Pepper Alley and schools out parade thing and uh, that's over and over. And then with the whole dream job thing, um, I put together a, a set of DVDs for, for all the winners, um, And throughout the process of that, I had edited together um, four or five cameras that had filmed the high school musical pep rally parade performers performance. And in doing that for hours and hours of editing that together, I learned uh, the four or five songs that were in that. So those are now permanently embedded in my head. And so I almost feel like I've seen the first movie, which is kind of why I don't want to see the second, because I don't want any more of those songs invading my head.
1: (laughs) It's actually not bad. You really should at least try it once and right, and then it'll... you can say it you know with honesty i didn't
0: like it okay all right now,
1: now you know you could probably get it through itunes since they've been releasing disney films and things um once uh it, it, is it out yet i know high school musical one i got that through itunes
0: yeah i believe so i think i was uh Surfing through the iTunes store just the other day and I saw, you know, probably number one on the movies downloaded list was Pirates and High School Musical 2 sitting up there. I know I saw it on there. So yeah, a lot of Disney films became available on iTunes this year.
1: Yeah. And that's a good thing. They should, they should really, especially since they got the whole Steve Jobs, uh, you know, Pixar thing, iTunes and Disney and all of the other movie companies for that matter should really be embracing the iTunes thing because... To For me to be able to look and see a movie and go, sure, and click and download it, and it's right there on my iPhone, I mean, that's great.
0: Yeah, I think there are two things stopping me from going out and buying every single movie that's available on iTunes. One would be the quality. It's sub-DVD quality and certainly not HD quality, and I would require at least DVD quality for me to to shell out the bucks to to buy one even though it's convenient to just say click it's downloading I can just as easily run down the street and buy the DVD which is gonna get me better quality so I'd like that and number two is the digital rights management the DRM I really want to be able to take it and play it wherever I want and play it on this device or that device and not have to worry about it if they can somehow you know increase the quality remove the restrictions I'll be buying movies left and right
1: well I'm sure that they'll increase the uh, the quality but I don't think that DRM thing's going away.
0: Uh, Not for movies. Music, it looks like it's heading in that direction, mostly because CDs have always been copy protection free, so it's hard for people to embrace copy protection on that. But for movies, DVDs are copy protected, so they're thinking, well, if those are, the, the downloads should be too.
1: Yeah, and and I don't really have a problem with that. I, I don't have, uh, you know, HD here yet, um, so... I'm I'm not so torn up about the the uh, quality of the uh, of the downloads, but I know you've got HD and everything, and that's probably where we differ on it. Yeah, I'd
0: love. I mean, I, you know, I just got Ratatouille, like we were talking about earlier, on regular standard definition DVD because I don't have a Blu-ray player because those things are just too expensive. Um, but I would love to be able to say I can download Ratatouille in high definition from iTunes. And then hook up my computer to, you know, my high definition projector here in the house and have an HD copy of it without having to spend the four to five hundred bucks on a Blu-ray player. I can just buy the movie, use my existing equipment and be good to go.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the way things are going to be going here fairly quickly. I really think Yeah, I
0: don't I don't see any reason why they wouldn't move in that direction.
1: Yeah. I really think everything is going to go digital here pretty soon to where we can just get it through iTunes or whatever service we choose. That's how we'll be getting stuff in the future. And uh, we just have to learn to back up.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and what's very interesting is with this whole new distribution model, you know, skipping stores and uh, physical stores and skipping CDs or DVDs and all of that, uh, that's all new and great. And then in the same year, Disney ends its direct-to-video sequels.
1: Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's kind of interesting. I was kind of glad to hear that. Because from what I understand and from what I saw from the few that I actually watched, the the quality was not the best on those.
0: Yeah, there's a handful of them that are okay. I heard the latest Cinderella was actually good. I believe it was Cinderella 3. But I know like the sequels to Aladdin were really terrible. The, The sequels to The Little Mermaid, all that kind of stuff. It's like these forced stories just to make more money. And I, I was definitely happy to hear that they're just going to focus on creating new, great content as opposed to new, okay content in mass quantities.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think, what was it, Lion King one and a half?
0: Yeah, that kind of was where the line was drawn.
1: <laughs> and I I liked that one. But but short of that, I don't know. What I would yeah. like to see um, f- from the iTunes store or any other type of thing would be these... Uh, like the Treasures DVDs and things that are coming out.
0: Right. They need to start releasing those that way, too. That would be the best thing in the world. I mean, rather than doing direct-to-video sequels of stuff, take old stuff that you have that hasn't been released yet and rather having to worry about the whole massive headache of production of discs and, you know, shipment out to stores and seeing if you can recover your cost for that. Your cost would simply be, okay, we've got this digital archive. Throw it up on iTunes. There's really no cost at all. Absolutely. And and I went
1: out to, to Disneyland and, and picked up the Your Host Walt Disney set. Um, and that is is sitting right here unwatched. And the reason it's sitting here unwatched is because it's on DVD. I take my iPhone with me everywhere. If I had purchased it through the iTunes store, it would be on my iPhone. And I would have seen it already.
0: That's a really great set. I, th- that came out early 2007, and I couldn't recommend any Treasures DVD more than that one, except maybe the one that just came out in December. The Your host, Walt Disney, is a collection of just really fantastic material.
1: Absolutely. And that's the, that's the kind of thing I want to see more of. I want to see all of these old like Disneyland Showtime and things like that that, uh, that have come out. I, I want to see more of that.
0: Or heck, even a few weeks ago, or I guess it was um, when Epcot was celebrating its 25th, you released on your video feed uh, that Danny K special from oh. when Epcot first opened. And that kind of thing I would love to see officially released.
1: Yes, the, the, the one with little Drew Barrymore.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's so, you know, over the top and, and rehearsed and corny and awful, yet so good. Oh, yeah. And I'd, I would buy it. I would. Oh, definitely. In yeah. a heartbeat. Yep. Now, and from what I hear, it was kind of scary for a while in 2007. uh, There were lots of rumors circulating that the Treasures DVDs were coming to a close, and you know, with Vault Disney on the Disney Channel ending a few years ago, if the Treasures DVDs were to go away, we would have no new releases of this kind of stuff.
1: Right, and that scared the heck out of me.
0: Yeah, unfortunately it ended up not being true either that or they changed their minds once they saw how people were so attached to them and they did just release a set of uh, a new set of DVDs just a couple weeks ago and I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. There's the Oswald one and then there's that Disneyland behind the scenes one that's been talked about for so long and I have both of them just haven't seen them yet. I I hope they're really good.
1: I've been uh, you know I've got that Twitter thing that I'm doing and and there's a lot of people that got the, the new Disneyland behind the scenes, uh, the magic or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. And, um, they actually uh, were tweeting about watching it and saying this set is amazing. And it, it's caused me to, to want to go out and get it, uh, more than I did. Um, I, I hear it's a really
0: cool set. And so, hey, any DVD that comes with a replica of the original ticket books from Disneyland is fine by me.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's cool. I've got an, an original ticket book from Disneyland. Um, but for those who don't, that's going to be a really cool keepsake. And that's, uh, you know, those those little things that they throw in, you know, they're not not worth anything in reality. But the perceived value to the Disney fan is is immense.
0: Yeah, it's just something little, you know, a little cool extra to have with your DVD. You know, they don't have to do something like that, but when it comes with it, it's just one little bonus.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, did you see, I, I, when I was planning my Disney World vacation, I went to Disney.com and it looked totally new to me.
0: Yeah, it's an all new site for 2007. They actually made a big fuss about it they pre-announced it saying we're going to have a new site coming soon which you know in the world of the internet who actually announces that they're working on a new site uh really only Disney and a handful of other people could do that and now the thing is just overrun with video and stuff moving around and all kinds of things to click on
1: yeah i was uh i went there the other day to do something and i actually it it was almost to the point where it was annoying because the music was playing and the animation was loading, <laughs> right. and you know th- there's a there's a fine point uh, where you've gone too far. I think they've reached that point. I don't know that they've crossed it, but it's definitely a multimedia experience now to go to that site.
0: Yeah, they've added uh, the the Disney XD Extreme Digital thing where you can go watch videos on there, and they've got you know including their podcasts on there, their official ones. And just all, a huge range of all kinds of stuff throughout, and you could probably sit there clicking through the site for, for days and not see everything.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I noticed that they're doing a couple of things like that, like that, uh, the thing with the acronym to end all acronyms, that uh, that Pirates game.
0: The MMORPG. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Massively multiplayer online role playing game finally came out this year. I know we talked about it um, last year a little bit and it had been rumored for a long time and then it was definitely happening and it was announced and it was saw screenshots and, and then it went through massive, you know, alpha testing and beta testing in multiple phases. And I think finally, just very recently, it's officially out. Yeah. And have you done it? I did it for like five minutes and realized that none of my computers are good enough to handle it. Yep. Never even went over there. <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to. It seemed cool, uh, especially when it was free and in the beta testing. I guess now you got to pay 10 bucks a month to play it, but not, I mean, I have a, a nearly well, I mean, it's a few months old now, several months old, but it's a, you know, Intel's MacBook, you know, cool computer. That's the best computer in my house. And it still wasn't good enough to handle it.
1: Interesting oh well that's uh you know technology will have to catch up with disney in order for us to enjoy that one
0: yeah exactly are you gonna have one of those four thousand dollar gaming machines
1: yeah something like that um now i went over to brian summer's house the other day total total subject change again here but you just made me think about this when we were talking about things being completed the uh, the disneyland main street platform uh for the olchevsky i believe that's how it's pronounced right, right collection yeah. that's finally done
0: brian's got it that is yeah so awesome. so do i i completed the whole thing i didn't even mean to i started out several years ago buying just sleeping beauty castle when i was at disneyland i was like oh wow it's cool great little miniature of sleeping beauty castle and somewhere along the line it was like oh and now another piece and another and another and another and Three-ish years later, I've got the whole thing lit up in my bedroom, and it is cool. It, it It's awesome. I mean, they've even got the Dapper Dans. Yeah, all the little character packs that you can set up. They've got the whole Main Street band and all the princesses and even Christmas carolers. And re- just recently, they released, um, outside of Disney, a lighting kit so you could hook everything all up to just a couple of switches, fire the whole thing up. And if you squat down and just look down the street you almost feel like you're standing right there on main street.
1: I thought the thing that was cool was that you could take and put in the Christmas tree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a very cool addition and you can actually lift off the little roof to uh, the fire station and look down inside Walt's apartment, which is all lit up, which is a real nice touch.
1: Wow. That is very cool. It's uh,
0: it's not for the faint of wallet. Um, I think all in all, like I said I was not expecting to go through the whole thing, but including the platform and the lighting kit and everything, we're talking a little over $5,000 for the oh whole thing. Oh my. Uh, but it was but it was spread out over 3 plus years, so it was a little bit easier to stomach. You know, if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars, I'm going to go on a cruise. Yeah, you know, like I said, if they had told me in the beginning, oh yeah, it's gonna be this complete set and it's gonna cost you five grand, I would have said that's nice. Leave it in the case. Uh huh. Yeah. But little by little, that's the way they get you, I guess.
1: Yeah, I heard that they were doing the whole thing, and I went
0: no. You know what's really scary now is they've released a few individual pieces. Um, they released the Mad Tea Party. And uh, they released, like, the the Mark Twain uh, riverboat and uh, the Jungle Cruise and things like that. And now there's rumblings that they're going to work their way into the rest of the park and develop platforms for every single land.
1: Yeah, you buy buying a new house
0: so that you can put <laughs> exactly. it up. Yeah, I mean, if we were to do the entire thing in that scale, it would take up a, our entire master bedroom. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at, definitely, at least. And actually, they're also working on more additions, like the entire Main Street Electrical Parade.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, now you can buy from the Olchevsky collection, the six story
0: parking garage out back (laughs) behind Disneyland. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So at some point I'm going to have to draw the line. Unfortunately, I'm not sure when that is. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, I'll come over to your house one of these days and take a look
0: at it. And it sounds good. Yeah. We'll
1: go from there. Now I mentioned the cruises uh, earlier. They added additional things to the cruises this year too, didn't they?
0: Yeah, the cruises, I guess, so far have been to the Caribbean and to the Mexico area, I believe, and now they're adding uh, quite a bit further, all the way over to the Mediterranean.
1: Wow. See, now, I'm, I I I want to go on a Disney cruise. I have yet to do it, and uh, uh, boy, now I'm going to have so many choices, I may have to go multiple times.
0: You think that was yeah. their plan? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> now, between that and uh, Disney Adventures, they're basically saying, you like Disney, Join us and we'll take you absolutely everywhere you want to go in the entire world. And we'll take you in multiple ways on a boat, on hiking, on this, on that. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to hand over my paycheck every single week.
1: That's right. I could not would not on a boat. I could not would not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it does sound like fun. I mean, I've never been to Europe and I really want to go to the Mediterranean area. I really want to go to Italy and to know that there's a Disney cruise that goes there. And I've never been on a Disney cruise either boy is that tempting
1: oh yeah And we were talking about it for mouse fest 08 and i'm not sure that it's going to happen because i want to spend a lot of time in the parks but eventually i'm going to get on one of those boats and uh then we'll see uh we'll see what happens i'm looking forward to it
0: Yep, i i definitely will get out there someday
1: yep so uh, didn't disney also finally settle that lawsuit uh the, the winnie the pooh one
0: That thing has been going on for a very long time. Um, I I can't even remember when it started. I guess it was the um, heirs to the whole Winnie the Pooh thing had some case that somewhere along the line, there was an agreement from the Milne family with Disney saying that Disney could use the characters and promised X amount of royalties back. And I think the agreement got messed up somewhere along the line. And one half says, I own it. And the other half says, no, I do. And you owe me millions and millions of dollars from the past. 30, 40 years. So yeah, Disney finally settled it. And I don't, not sure all of the terms of the settlement were disclosed, but it appears to be done and over with. And Disney can continue, uh, taking over Winnie the uh, country bears with Winnie the Pooh, wherever they want. No, don't go there.
1: But that was, <laughs> that was this year, right?
0: The, 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 the settlement for the lawsuit. Yes, that definitely happened in 2007.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. So, um, I, we're running a little long here I'm, I'm wondering should, should do we have anything else to talk about in current stuff or should we just go to 2008 and beyond
0: well the only current stuff that I can think of would be stuff just you know local to us things that happened with our our podcasts I mean it's it's kind of we're embedding ourselves in Disney history here why not talk about it a little bit sure
1: okay um well I we we both hit a hundred episodes this year i know that we
0: did and i i made a big deal about it and you just kind of had another episode and i kind of wish i did what you did because <laughs> that week drained me putting that episode together but that's the way it goes
1: yeah that's true oh and and one of the other things that you did too uh and i told terry about this we were sitting in um the uh, tomorrowland and i told her that you had interviewed sunny eclipse
0: yeah, that was pretty cool. I stumbled across the uh, the name of the person, uh, Cal David, who did the voice of Sunny Eclipse many years ago, and got into contact with him via his website, and he agreed to do an interview with me, and it was just the most surreal thing when he answered the phone, and I heard Sunny Eclipse <laughs> on the other end of the telephone. I was like, wow, this is weird, because he didn't really change his voice to do Sunny Eclipse. That's just him.
1: Yeah, you gotta love that, because that's a cool voice. The, the thing that Terry was balking at was the corniness of the joke. She said, dude, it's like sitting around with you.
0: <laughs> I could definitely see that.
1: I didn't see anything wrong with it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's fun. I love Sunny Eclipse over in the uh, the Tomorrowland area. I hope they'd never get rid of him. And and Cal David, as he said in the interview, had a lot of fond memories going through the recording sessions. And I guess one guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, basically wrote all of those songs and just handed them over to, to Cal and his wife and their small singing group and said, here, perform these for me. You're, it'll be great.
1: Oh, neat. Now, didn't you make the news at
0: some point, too, this year? Yeah, that was kind of fun. I was contacted by uh, Local 6 News here in Orlando and and evidently at some point during a press conference, Disney, one of the Disney uh, officials made kind of an offhand comment that they do regularly read disney message boards and check all the online things to see what fans are talking about and maybe even make some adjustments in the parks based on fans reactions and this local six reporter here seemed to be the only one to pick up on that statement and wanted to do a story about it so he talked to me a little bit about it so that was fun
1: now was that tied in at all with the distant creations blog that you launched this year
0: um, no, you know, that, that was a little bit separate. I did launch that and that's kind of a separate from Disney thing. We do post a lot about Disney over there. Um, of course, distance slash blog, but, um, we posted just kind of, that was a, a off from inside the magic where I had all these other things that I wanted to post about not Disney related and just wanted somewhere to put them.
1: Oh, okay. I thought those two were connected, but, uh, I said corrected now, um, didn't, we had dole whip powdered mix come out this year too now i know that's a little weird but <laughs> that that was released this year too right
0: that was another one of those bizarre online discoveries kind of like the uh you know the voice of sunny eclipse except one day i stumbled across a place where you could order the official mix to make a dole whip and it's like literally the exact mix that they use in the parks it comes from Hawaii and and you just can't get any better than that. So I uh, partnered up with them and made a little video for them, and and we've been doing great business together ever since. So oh, really? if anyone wants some Dole Whip powdered mix, head over to my website and check it out there.
1: Oh wow, I didn't know that you were involved with that. So that people people right now are going, yeah, sure, Paul, you didn't know, but I, I actually <laughs> I actually didn't know that you were involved with that. So that's pretty cool. So it's it's actually good stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. I uh I ordered a bag from them just to start, just because I wanted one. And I put it together, and I was like, oh my god, this actually tastes like a Dole Whip. And I immediately contacted them and said, we have to do something because I know I can drive you know tons of business your way because I've got a million people out there who really want this. Trust me, I, everybody who wants a, likes a Dole Whip wants this, so I, they they jumped on the chance, and it, it's been great ever since for both of us, and for especially for everybody out there who's ordered it. I haven't had a single person yet say that it doesn't taste like a Dole Whip, because it is.
1: Very, very cool. I like it. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, um... Da-da-da-da
0: you and I did uh, did something briefly for a while. I you know so you've been working on fan DVDs for a long time so I decided to jump into the game oh. with the uh, wonders of life right as that was was starting up and and you produced them for me. so that was fun.
1: That's right. I had forgotten about that. we we, um, we have that for sale through the store through the window to the magic store. Um, you did the dream job ones too, but those are for sale through your directly through you.
0: Yeah, not anymore. I, I took them down. Now that was that was solely um, to help fund our little dream job reunion at the beginning of December. Um, and so that was just a limited time thing. I, you know, like I said, I made those DVDs really for the the dream job winners. But I figured, hey, I already made these. Why not offer them for sale to, to get get us back together in December? But the Wonders of Life DVDs, our, our DVD, is, is certainly still available for anybody who wants to relive that pavilion. Because at this point, I don't think it's going to be opening up again.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty dead when I was there for Mouse Fest, so.
0: They had opened bits of it for the Food and Wine Festival, but not any of the attractions. They just had stuff set up inside there, and from what I understand, it's, it's definitely heading out. I mean, they're starting to take stuff down. That is just too bad.
1: Too, too bad. Well, enough about us.
0: Let's, uh, let's get back to Disney
1: and let's move into 2008 and beyond.
0: Yeah, this would be the uh, the part of the end of our wrap-up each year where we kind of look to the future and, and you know, see how we can, we can do about saying what's coming up in the past. I think we've hit on future topics pretty well. Well, I'm just looking at the list from last year. At the end of the show, we talked about the Finding Nemo sub Pirate's Princess, um, you know, the Haunted Mansion refurbishment, potentially, Pirate's 3, stuff that we've already talked about this year. So all a lot of that came true. Yeah. And a, lo- a lot of it carried over, too, that hasn't quite happened yet.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but uh, I, kn- I know one of the big things for us out here in California was the announcement of the changes coming to DCA.
0: Oh, I am so excited about that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what, you know, over $1 billion
0: can do for a park. <laughs> Seeing as the park didn't even cost that much to begin with.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little odd that you'll spend, you know, X amount to, uh, to build
0: a park and then spend more to upgrade it. But I'm all for it. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's funny. um, Back in January really is when that whole thing started, but nobody quite realized it yet. Um, There was a kind of an announcement for shareholders, I think. And there was a whole bunch of concept art in there. And one of it was for like Toy Story Mania, which people at the time thought was called Midway Mania. And there was art for something called Carland, and uh, another just unnamed nighttime water show and people were kind of speculating where it might go in here and there. And then officially later on, everything got announced and it was all going to DCA.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of this stuff. The Cars Land, the, the uh, Toy Story Mania, all that other stuff They're they're already building the Toy Story Mania thing underneath the, uh, the roller coaster out there. Yep. And that is very, very cool. The, the, the one thing I understand is that they're still working on getting the specifics down so that it doesn't make people motion sick. That uh, is important to me. They need to fix that first.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, most definitely. Anytime you've got moving cars and 3D glasses, you got to make sure it's just right.
1: Yes, and then from what I understand, Cars Land is going to be kind of a, a little section, but they may have something a la Test Track out there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure little is the way you'd want to describe that because it's going to be a major land uh, uh, the size of you know half of California Adventure almost. There's going to be a, a test track technology ride, but by no means is it going to be test track. It's going to be a complete immersion into the world of cars.
1: Yep, immersion into the world of the 1957. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I have... If they're... Uh, the test track is any idea as to what they can do with a car where they do those. It, it It's almost kind of a uh, an Indiana Jones-esque thing where the cars are independent and they're doing what they need to do. If they can put that in and theme it to cars, I think we're going to have a good attraction there.
0: My favorite part about what they've announced for that attraction uh, is that the cars that you're going to be in are not the cars from the movie you're going to encounter the cars from the movie but you're just going to be in a car so they're not making it you know really cheesy like oh you're riding in lightning mcqueen no you're actually going to meet those characters along your way
1: yeah which is good because if they did do that there would you know people would be wanting to ride in lightning right and they would you know they'd have this big long queue for riding in lightning and mater and then the other ones would be like oh yeah okay i don't want to ride in that one
0: yeah, exactly. It sounds like it's going to be a fun attraction. And then even beyond that, there's going to be, I think, two or three other attractions within Cars Land.
1: Yep. It's going to be a fun place to be. And I'm I'm looking forward to all of the specifics and seeing it come out. The way that they're going to build this with, you know, shutting down certain areas of the park and redoing that and then moving on. I, I don't think any theme park has ever done that.
0: No, it's a pretty major overhaul. I mean, they've done things like that. Obviously, they've overhauled Tomorrowland, uh, both here and in California. They gave Fantasyland out in California a major overhaul uh, at one point. But all of this stuff was years apart. It was never like, okay, we're closing this section. Oh, that one's done. Moving on, fixing this section, and just kind of working their way around the park to make it all fun and exciting again.
1: Yep, and that's uh, that's going to be fun to uh, to chronicle as it goes along. So that that'll be good. And that's all the way
0: through, what, 2011, I think? It's a long time. I don't think they've officially released a specific timeline as to saying this is happening here and this is happening there. But, I mean, between, let's see, toy, like you said, Toy Story Mania is under construction now. They've got an entire land to, bills for, for, to build for Cars Land. Yep. They've got to gut Golden Dreams and turn it into an incredible dark ride, The Little Mermaid. Yes. Uh, which I'm really excited about. It was funny. I talked to uh, Don Carson who you referred me to right. um back in January and he and I talked a little bit about the Little Mermaid ride cuz he's on the the DVD with Tony Baxter talking about their concepts for it. Yeah. And and I asked him back then, do you do think this is ever going to be built? And he was like, "Well, I, you know, I hope so, but you know, who knows? It's just one of those projects. There's many of them out there." And sure enough, a few months later it was officially announced. Oh, that Don, he he knew all along, I know it. <laughs> very well might be, but uh, regardless of any of that, I'm, I'm just so excited that it is getting built. I can't wait to get in that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And on on top of all of these new attractions and stuff, they're even going to redo the entrance. And I've heard that they're even possibly thinking about a new name for the park.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, when when, uh, Disneyland Paris first opened, it was Euro Disney, and it did terribly. There were a lot of bad things, bad press, you know, things going wrong, this and that. And then somewhere along the line, they gave it a new name, and now it's all fine and dandy. And I'm thinking that's probably what they're going to be doing for this, saying, oh, yeah, Disney's California Adventure. That was that old park. Now we're calling it this. Yeah, we're calling it
1: please, 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 please. (laughs) (laughs)
0: or maybe it'll be disney's hollywood studios west side oh yeah okay (laughs) moving along Right. No, but the new entrance does look like it's going to be great. I was never really a fan of the current entrance. The whole postcard motif, it just screamed corny to me. Yep. And the new one just really looks like it's going to be, I mean, it's themed about what Walt Disney saw when he arrived to California. I don't think you can go wrong with a theme like that.
1: No. And if they, if they actually, I, I, I'm i hoping that they learn their lesson with this park and that they they will now do it properly. And uh, if they do, we are in for a big treat.
0: Well, a lot of it is coming under the helm of John Lasseter now. And, and obviously, <laughs> Toy Story and Cars were two of his biggest projects, if not his biggest personal projects. And sure enough, there's an attraction for Toy Story and a whole land devoted to Cars. So there's no surprise there. And I think he's really uh, going to be stepping up and making sure this is done right this time.
1: Yep, Absolutely. And right next to that little mermaid attraction uh, that's going to be built, they're going to have the new Grand Californian uh, DVC uh, suites or rooms, whatever you want to call them. They're V seeing all
0: over the place. Here yeah, the-, the Vacation Club is really popping up left and right. I'm, I'm excited that the Grand Californian is, is adding that because uh, that's you know, obviously the best hotel out there. And if you're a vacation club member, now you're going to have somewhere to go in California. That's just top of the line. Look, you know, wonderful place to stay.
1: Yep. And I saw the, con- uh, the contemporary construction out there while I was up on the roof. They have those two huge cranes out there building the DVC building out there on the, uh, on the lake.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how fast that thing is popping up. It has definitely gone vertical, and it's going to be this giant C-shaped building, I guess, to go with the A-frame. And, uh, uh, you know, I I think it's a great idea that they're adding more Vacation Club uh, in more, you know, rooms there. I don't know about the actual design of the building and where it's being placed.
1: Yeah, it it was a little weird uh, standing up there. I looked at it, and I went,
0: wow, that's, um, hmm... It's going to be really, really tall, uh, possibly even taller than the existing building.
1: Yeah. See, and you're going to be able to see that from Tomorrowland easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. Which I mean, it's not all that bad. At least you don't see it from Main Street. Hopefully.
1: It's, yeah. Good point. That would that would be good. Now they're they're also adding vacation clubs uh, out Animal Kingdom.
0: They are, yeah, the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is my favorite hotel uh, resort out here in, in Walt Disney World. They're adding it to that, which is it's uh, you know by the same architect. Um, the hotel, the resort is as the Graham Californian. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he did he designed both. So it's it's great that they're adding a Vacation Club to both of those. I'm I'm getting more and more tempted to to join into the whole thing.
1: Yeah, see, I had my uh, my first experience at the Animal Kingdom Lodge just a couple of weeks ago. I didn't stay there. I went out to, uh, one of the restaurants for, uh, for dinner Mm -hmm. and boy, that is a beautiful place. So if they can DVC that, I know a lot of people that are vacation club members
0: and, uh, I know they'll want to stay there. And they're going crazy with it. It's not like they're just, you know, throwing up a new building, a new hut or something there. I mean, they're adding a new pool. They're adding a whole new, you know, guest area with thing, you know, eatery and and lots of new rooms.
1: A whole new pool. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, I sang. So sue me. Um, They're doing it in Hawaii, too.
0: That one was a surprise because up until now, you know, it's been in the continental U.S., and now they're really jumping out. I mean, they've got the Polynesian resort here. Why not legitimately have a hotel out in Hawaii?
1: Yeah. And then all of those people that live in Hawaii can come to Florida, and all the people that live in Florida can go to Hawaii. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, it's it's gonna be a tricky thing, I think, for them. When you build the Polynesian resort in Florida, you can take some certain liberties and and say, you know, this is kind of an example of what that style is like. But if you're actually building it in Hawaii and you build something too touristy, all the locals gonna want nothing to do with it.
1: Absolutely. And I, I I'm not so sure that they're going for the locals. I think they're right. probably looking for all these DVC members over
0: on the mainland that wanna to go to Hawaii. I'm sure. But you still, when you go to Hawaii, you're going to want that authentic Hawaiian experience. You don't want Disney's Hawaii. True, true. Speaking
1: of things that are, you know, completely touristy, while I was uh, making my way over to pick up my sandwich at the Earl of Sandwich on my way out of town, um, I saw the construction for the T-Rex at downtown Disney.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cool uh, uh, restaurant. Like I said earlier, it's from Landry's, the same people as the Rainforest Cafe and the Yak and Yeti, except this one, like Rainforest, is going to have all kinds of, you know, giant dinosaur animatronics and everything. They have, I believe, only one other T-Rex restaurant. It's in Kansas, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, see, and the footprint for that restaurant is huge.
0: Yeah, it's going to be no small thing. I mean, rainforest is large, and I think this is going to be at least as big. I mean, especially if you're going to have giant life-size dinosaurs inside, it's got to be big. Absolutely. So it'll
1: be kind of like eating in the dinosaur ride.
0: Yeah, hopefully with uh, less cars whizzing by wildly. I'm not sure that would go well with with the food.
1: Yes, and hopefully
0: not quite so loud. Have you seen (laughs) any of the previews for Wally yet? Yeah, I, I, you know what, that, it's a an interesting next movie. I'm really excited about it, especially when I heard that almost no words are spoken throughout the entire movie.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know that uh, Mouseketeer Greg had a chance to uh, to preview it and was just blown away by wow, that's good to hear. what he saw. Yeah, he said, just amazing. So I'm I'm hoping for good things out of that. It's definitely a, a neat Looking character, um, yeah.
0: So you know, I'm I'm hoping for good things. And then uh, even beyond that, I guess uh, after Wall E, there's uh, some movie out there called Up, which um recently was just came out that it may or may not have something to do with the whole Don Quixote, Men of La Mancha kind of stories. And uh, that'll be Pixar's next. And after that, it's on to Toy Story three. I was gonna say
1: I I, I thought Toy Story
0: three was next, but
1: yeah um well they've they've done it twice third time's the charm let's see if they can do it i love the characters always have and uh hopefully john and and the boys will be able to uh, pull another one out of their hats and
0: Yeah, I think the the Pixar acquisition last year was really at the perfect time because they were talking about making Toy Story 3 without Pixar, which you know would have been a complete disaster. But with John Lasseter involved again and the rest of the team, it's sure to be a hit.
1: Yeah, it will be. And uh, and I look forward to it. I don't uh, I don't know when uh, when it comes out. Is that?
0: Uh, it's a, it's gonna be a couple years, uh, several years actually. I believe Wally is for two thousand eight, up for two thousand nine, and then Toy Story three two thousand ten.
1: All right, that makes sense.
0: So we got some time time before we see uh, Woody and the gang again.
1: Ah, gotcha. Okay, and speaking of uh, two thousand ten, then in two thousand eleven, and I think two thousand twelve, we're gonna get a couple more cruise ships on the Disney Cruise Line.
0: Yeah, they just uh, announced in two thousand seven that they've commissioned two more massive cruise ships. I believe even bigger than any of their existing uh, fleet of cruise ships uh, to be built for release in in two thousand eleven and two thousand twelve.
1: Yeah, they did say that they were that they were bigger than the existing ones. So I I've seen the well I haven't seen them in person, but I've seen the the size of the two or whatever existing ones. So these other ones are going to be just massive,
0: yeah. And uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to come out with even more amazing entertainment on there and state of the art things and you know, nifty restaurants that are themed around cool things. And and they'll just go crazy with them now that they know that the Disney Cruise Line really is successful and here to stay.
1: Well, good. Maybe they'll do what like they did out at Walt Disney World, and when the uh, the new hotels come out, they'll push the first uh, ships down to value ships, and they'll charge less to be on them.
0: Well, rumors say that the new ships are going to be bound for new destinations, so we'll just have to wait and see. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. um, What else is going on out, out at uh, Walt Disney World or...
0: There, there's a lot of uh, interesting construction going on. I think it's just getting rolling now on the uh, the western side, even further away from everything past Animal Kingdom and everything. There's this whole kind of void area of Walt Disney World that never was built on, and and now they've begun the uh, what they're calling the Western Beltway expansion. Major major additions.
1: Now is this? I heard something about a Four Seasons Resort going in out there. Is that where this is going?
0: I believe so. Yeah, it's going to be going there along with a whole bunch of new restaurants. And uh, it's actually the first time that they're releasing Walt Disney World land to be owned by third-party companies. Prior to this, you know, downtown Disney-ish, other companies would have to lease the land or the retail space from, from Disney. Now that they can actually bid on and own land within Walt Disney World. Weird. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a change, but I think they're finally, they're realizing that they bought so much land out here that they just will never, ever build on all of it all.
1: Uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. I think that may be short-sighted, Um, just a total aside here. Back in the 1980s, one of my friend's dads looked at us and said, I bought a 20 megabyte hard drive, and boys, this is more space than you're ever going to
0: need. <laughs> Well, what they what they seem to be doing, uh, I mean, obviously, 20 megabytes is not (laughs) even close to we couldn't even fit this podcast on there.
1: Well, that's what I'm thinking is, are they doing the same thing here? They're thinking, God, we've got all this land so we can sell it off to these third party people because, you know, it's more space than we're ever going to need.
0: I think the key is that all the land that they have been selling off, and this isn't the only time they've they've sold off land, they've been selling extremities. The very outer edges of Walt Disney World kind of behind the Magic Kingdom and way off to this other side near the 429 highway over there. Places that they would never want to build their own, uh, you know, theme parks or resorts or anything like that next to because it's just unappealing land based on the rest of their layout. I think they're going to keep everything on the interior, but maybe just, you know, make a little extra money by selling off these extremities.
1: Yeah, I I noticed as I was driving from Orlando International out to Walt Disney World and back this time that 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 uh, the B-Way or whatever it is, um, it it used to just be trees and the the, uh, lawn on the side and you couldn't see any buildings until you got to uh, the Sea World and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now there's all kinds of construction going on and things like that. I don't want that to happen to Walt Disney World.
0: Yeah that's true. I mean I, I guess there should be plenty of padding around it to make sure it doesn't encroach on it like it has so much in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, but I guess they're just figuring that they have just enough land to keep it away.
1: Ugh, boy I sure hope they're thinking. I hope so too. Alright so um, we got anything else to talk about?
0: Um. Well, speaking of of expanding and more land, I just said that you know Anaheim has been closing in, but uh, there have been a lot of rumors floating around that they're looking at land for a third Disneyland theme park out there.
1: Oh, that's true. That yeah, that's off in the distance. Um, you know, I I would assume that that's probably going to happen here sooner or later,
0: but whether I would, th- I would think the the one point one billion for DCA will probably put that on the back burner for quite a while. For
1: a while, yeah. I mean, maybe twenty fifteen. Something like that, but um, it sounds like it's a long way away, but in the grand reality, it's not, but still, uh, you know, I don't know. I I would think it's going to happen, but are we going to have any announcements here, say next year? No.
0: Yeah. Not, not anytime soon. Not with, with everything that's going on out there now.
1: No, but I, I, oh, one thing though that I did forget was that they're moving block party bash, I think out to the Hollywood studios.
0: That's right. It will be Disney's Hollywood Studios when it gets here. I think it's getting here in March. Oh, so
1: that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's definitely happening. It's leaving California Adventure. And and from what I gather, the replacement, at least for now, will just be some kind of simple character cavalcade.
1: Huh. And they could just sell churros and call it done.
0: Yeah, I think people would be happier with it. I don't like Block Party Bash, and I'm really not looking forward to the Stars and Motor Cars parade leaving. Really? I like Block Party Bash. I think it's huge and loud and over the top and doesn't make any sense.
1: I think it's huge and loud and over the top and doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> well, I guess that's where we uh, see it differently. <laughs>
1: um, now, you mentioned Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe a while back there's a new movie coming out. One of the other books.
0: Yeah. The next in the series, um, Prince Caspian is, is in the works. And like I said, I think it just started production. It's, it's a ways out. That's definitely, I think it's on schedule for 2009.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So
0: a little ways to go I really enjoyed the Lion, the witch and the wardrobe. I thought it was a really great movie and, and I, I definitely look forward to the next one.
1: Yeah. Well, while we're talking about things that they're redoing at Walt Disney World and stuff like that um, from just a minute ago, are they ever going to do the Space Mountain refurb that they did at of Disneyland at Walt Disney World?
0: At this point, it appears to be all but confirmed. Um, There have been many sightings of Imagineers wandering through Space Mountain, even so far as a couple of weeks ago, John Lasseter and Bob Iger were out there checking it out. And they also, have, there have been reports that there have been mock-ups of ride vehicles with speakers in them, and we've never had speakers in ours, so I'm thinking at this point it's pretty much a done deal. Really? That, uh, uh, from what I understand, it's going to happen about six months from now, and it will close down for quite some time, and at the very, very least, we're going to get a soundtrack. See, I was
1: totally reaching when I said that, and, uh, <laughs> hmm, Interesting. I didn't yeah, it,
0: it, it seems to be in the works, um, probably more likely in the near future than any kind of Star Tours uh, 2.0 that has been rumored for so long. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I I have wanted to go someplace different on Star Tours since, well, the first time I rode Star Tours.
0: <laughs> well, I know you don't do well with the with that type of ride. No. Um, but uh, for, for what I understand, the future of Star Tours is on the horizon, but... Um, not imminent.
1: Interesting. Well, hopefully we'll get a new destination and that'll give me a reason to go on it one more time.
0: Well, uh, from what I hear, there may actually be multiple new destinations. Really? And possibly different every time you ride it. So you might have to ride it two or three times and get sick each time.
1: Great. See, you know, they, they, and I suppose they're going to randomize them, right?
0: Um, actually that's what I hear. (laughs)
1: Great. That way, I can't just say, "Okay, I rode one. Now I'll ride two, and then, and right. then I'm done." Yeah,
0: great. now because that you know that would turn into a disaster where somebody likes one better than the other, so they want to wait in line for that one, and then one inevitably becomes more popular, and the other one nobody's waiting for. Yeah, and...
1: true. I just, uh, boy, okay. Well, while I'm waiting for that, I think I'll sit outside and uh, wait for the uh, the dream team to come around and hand me something. I still haven't. Oh, won, I haven't won anything.
0: You you know, I hadn't won anything until just coincidentally when I was out there. And of course, I I was, you know, in the Disney Dream Job Contest, which technically wasn't part of the Dream Squad, but certainly, you know, my own little year of a million dreams. But while I was out there, I won a pair of Mickey ears, which is the only thing I've won in the park so far.
1: Yeah, I have won nothing. And there are so many cool things that they, because they just released a, a whole bunch of new stuff for for 2008 Like the the New Orleans suite that they're adding above the entrance to the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland.
0: When they closed or said they were closing the Disney Gallery, I was really disappointed. That was one of my favorite parts of of the Disneyland park. I mean, New Orleans... Square is easily my favorite part of the park and then to go up into the gallery and just browse through there you know knowing that that was that area was set to be this amazing apartment for Walt Disney and just never got built it was great to be able to go in there and I thought oh what are they going to turn this into and then they announced it was going to become the old apartment and I was like oh well forget the gallery this is awesome
1: yep and that'll be something that I won't get to stay in either
0: yeah, I you know, I will do. I I would choose that one over the Cinderella Castle one, I think.
1: Did I mention I haven't won anything yet? Disney, hello. <laughs> um, Just make
0: friends with people in light blue vests. Exactly, yes. I'm stalking you.
1: Um, they're also doing something out of Castaway Cay.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, I, I was corrected uh, violently on my show for saying K instead of key. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, evidently you can win a, a private day at Castaway Key, which I think might be kind of creepy.
1: Are you sure it's not a private D at Castaway Key? <laughs> it could be. Okay, so you get your own day out there.
0: I, I guess. I hope there's somebody out there with you. I wouldn't want them to just dump you there and say "see you later," you know, and have you, you'd have to rope together some sea turtles to get off of the island.
1: Survivor Disney, Castaway K. Key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I you know I don't know how that's going to go, but they're going to do that. Uh, what else are they? Oh, they're adding. Um, speaking of Cinderella Castle, sweet, you get to spend New Year's Eve in there.
1: Well, that would be good, because I think that's the only safe place at Walt Disney World.
0: Yeah, I did uh, I did 4th of July at the Magic Kingdom and New Year's at Epcot, and I'm really never going on either of those holidays to Disney again.
1: Yeah. And uh, they also added one that I know you want to win, the High School Musical 3 film premiere trip. Yay. <laughs> Well, I guess some kids are gonna get uh, you know the trip of their I, yeah, lives. I
0: hope that you know supposedly this whole Dream Squad thing, it's it's all randomized and a computer picks it, and they just hand the envelope in, and the people don't know what prize they're giving out, and they just you know whatever, whatever. And I hope that it's not given to some like you know seventy eight year old grandmother.
1: Well, they they better be building in something for something like High School Musical three. Yeah, they better be saying you know some kid between the ages of eight and eight, you know and eighteen. Needs to win this.
0: I certainly hope so. Yeah,
1: that. Um, they're also giving hot air balloon rides at Walt Disney World now.
0: I'm I'm excited about that one. I I remember seeing uh, the commercials years and years ago of the big spaceship Earth hot air balloon and the giant Mickey head balloon, and then they kind of went away for many years now. And I guess they've had them in storage or they made new ones because you can win a trip in either one.
1: Is that uh, Air Force One? Is that the the one that they? Are bringing out that's the giant Mickey head
0: yeah it's the the huge yeah the that balloon is a Mickey head yeah
1: okay that's the one
0: and I've never seen the spaceship earth one so hey look it, it looks like a giant spaceship earth in the sky
1: huh interesting well that'll be another thing I can win and hint, hint. <laughs> or all of them yes now you mentioned uh adventures by Disney earlier they've been going overseas and stuff like that for a while. They're now doing trips out to California with some interesting things that they're doing out here.
0: Yeah, very different. It seems like all the other adventures were really adventurous. You know, go hiking, go biking, go anything else that rhymes with hiking. (laughs) And uh, now it's actually tours of really cool stuff in California from Imagineering to the Jim Henson Studios to the Walt Disney Studios. Something that uh, I would definitely pay money to see.
1: Including Walt's apartment.
0: That much I don't remember, but if that's true, you better believe I'll be paying money for that.
1: Yep, that was one of the things that I heard. There, there is, there is at least some tour that is going to include the Welts apartment thing.
0: Wow, that's that's rare.
1: Yes, and not anymore, because anybody can do it. All you got to <laughs> do is pay.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess it's maybe not quite as special when it's open open to everyone. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I, I you know when I was when we were out there again for the the dream job thing and we were being taken around by guides around every corner whenever we were near it we were just like can we just go in there can we peek in there and they were like no I would get fired absolutely and and they were just like no you know only like you know John Laster can go in there but you can't yeah
1: and even John has got to ask twice I'm sure (laughs) Um, we're also getting new Matterhorn cars
0: I've seen pictures of those and, and they're a little different looking they're individual seats which is probably a long time coming
1: yeah it's uh, I think they're taking the old seats from your Space Mountain and bringing, That's what it looks like. It's yep.
0: it's kind of a different front but mostly the same.
1: Yeah. It's it's the same concept as as the seats. Hopefully they will be more comfortable. Uh,
0: yeah, the, the existing ones you get thrown around and uh, not in a good way.
1: Yeah. And uh yeah, quite painful I didn't write it this year specifically for that reason. Um and speaking of uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, they're closing small world for probably almost a year. And I'll make you bet it goes beyond that. Um, because they're going to completely redo the entire thing.
0: I'll let you handle this one. (laughs)
1: Thanks. (laughs) Um, do, do you actually believe that, you know what they're saying? It's not weight related.
0: Um, I really don't know either way. I know that You know, Mice Age was the big site that was making a big stink about it, that people were bottoming out the boats and causing them to stop because Americans have grown too big and heavy and they're not exactly the same as they were when the attraction was built decades ago. But yeah, I really can't say one way or the other.
1: Yeah, I will tell you that it does bottom out. And it bottoms out enough that I could see them doing this redo. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things being, you know, with the, with the Disney fans, uh, you know, like I am and, and whatever, there are a majority of the Disney guys are big like me and they, um, you know, we go on, I mean, we, we went on uh, space mountain one time and we got pulled to the, to the side and deplaned if you will, because we were 900 pounds overweight. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I could see the same thing. I mean, it's just water. So you, yeah. you get into the thing, I mean, we've had trouble on Pirates of the Caribbean, too. Um, we went on it for, I think it was uh, at West Fest last year, and we all got in the boat, and we were tootling along, and we got to the first drop there, right outside the Blue Bayou, and we came to a stop, <laughs> and we had to rock the boat to get it to go over the edge. That's an interesting experience. Comforting. So... <laughs> So, you know, the fact that they're, they're closing small world, they're going to completely rip out everything and they're going to, you know, put everything back together with, you know, clean parts, everything freshly painted and all the mm-hmm. stuff done. And I've heard that they are not going to flood the entire building, that they're going to put another, just another trough in there.
0: Interesting. That, yeah. That, that struck me as really weird when I went out there for the first time a few years ago, cause I'm so used to the, you know, just complete pirate style flood like they have here in florida and and yeah it's not like that at disneyland at all
1: yep and it's uh, supposedly going to stay that way and that's a good thing uh, they're just redoing it cleaning it up and putting it back so that's that's good
0: well they did it out here a couple of years ago you know they gave us a whole sprucing up closed it down for many many months so i guess it's it's just disneyland's time
1: i thought i was gonna have to sing again a whole new something <laughs>
0: um you can if you want
1: no thanks uh and everybody else is going thank you right um jungle cruise movie
0: are they doing this um uh, i think there's been many references to a jungle cruise movie and and many facts keep coming out about it i don't think disney's officially announced anything but it's it seems to be a go huh it seems Interesting. to be that it's going to be... What did I read recently? I forget who said it, but it was somebody involved with the movie that said it's going to be an Indiana Jones-style adventure, but with a lot of comedy.
1: Uh-oh. Okay. Well, I can keep my fingers crossed that it'll be better than The Bears, better than Haunted Mansion, and at least close to Pirates. We'll see.
0: Yeah, that that's about where I think anybody would hope it would be. I can't imagine, you know, Jungle Cruise 2 and Jungle Cruise 3. But then again, when Pirates was announced, I was really afraid of that as well. So. Yeah.
1: Well, what they need to do is they need to get Tim Burton to direct it and then everything will be good.
0: Well, it seems like he's actually going to be tied up. They recently announced he's working on two movies for the Disney company, both uh, 3D computer generated and, and both have me very excited.
1: Well, yeah, they, they both look pretty good. I'm a little confused. He's remaking Frankenweenie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was uh, the, sh- the short film that basically launched his career, more or less, and I guess they're turning it into a full-length feature now. Isn't that kind of like the Walt
1: Disney Company doing a 3D computer-generated version of Steamboat Willie?
0: Which I wouldn't put it past them.
1: Yeah, but would it be a good idea? No. And what the other one is... Um, oh, Alice in Wonderland.
0: Which I, I don't think has anything to do at all with um, the you know, Disney, Alice in Wonderland, I think it's probably Tim Burton's own recreation of the original Lewis Carroll story, at least I hope so. Ooh.
1: Well, Tim, from what I understand of the original Alice in Wonderland, it is suited to Tim Burton.
0: Yeah, well, it's definitely a lot uh, more adult in nature than Disney made it out to be. Yeah. So, and and I guess for at least that one, I'm not sure about Frank and Weenie, but for at least that one, he's going to be, they're going to be using the same Uh, kind of weird motion capture CG thing that they used in Beowulf most recently.
1: Ooh, that could be fun.
0: That kind of, you know, it looks real, but it's not kind of thing.
1: Right. Huh. Well, I can keep my fingers crossed that those will be worth doing.
0: There's only a handful, if even that many, maybe one or two Tim Burton films that I think were not as good as they could have been or should have been, and I think both of these will be Up to Tim Burton standards. Total
1: change here. Not Disney, but that's fine. Tim Burton is is what I'm talking about. Did you see Sweeney Todd?
0: I haven't yet, but I really want to. Go see it. It's great.
1: All right. I think this pretty much wraps up our discussion at this point. We are pushing two plus hours. Um, That's,
0: uh, yeah, that's about enough of us rambling on. I think we've, we've wrapped up. And tied it in a bow for all of 2007, uh, Disney related at least.
1: Absolutely. So I, I, at this point, I think we should just call it a close. We've chatted enough for this year. We'll do it again next year. And, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do something interspersed in between. I know we talked about that before. Maybe we'll do a six month or something.
0: Sounds good. We'll, we'll get together when, uh, you know, something major opens up and, you know, we had pirates call in you were in the park and i was talking about it and something like that's bound to happen again
1: sure sure sounds good well thanks for uh coming out and you know joining me for this again this year i make it sound like it's my deal it's both of us
0: but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, always a pleasure talking to you and and just uh, i hope everybody out there enjoys listening uh, to us ramble for over two hours
1: absolutely and they better because this one is definitely over two hours. I would like to thank you, Ricky, for all of your stuff this year. This is the uh, the, the kissing part uh, where I, uh, I give thanks to you for all of your hard work throughout the year. I enjoy your show, and uh, please keep it up for another year so that we can do this again uh, at the end of 2008.
0: I will most certainly keep it up as long as people are enjoying the show. And I am continuing, as always, to enjoy your show, Window to the Magic, as well. You you seem to always reinvent what's going on with the... You you know, just when you think, oh, you know, it's another week of wearing the park. Oh, wait. No, it's not. It's got something completely new and different.
1: Yep. So we're... uh, And we're coming out with a bunch of... Actually, real quick, since we're talking about 2008, WTTM24 is going to be coming out here very quickly. And that is a real-time adventure in the Magic Kingdom. I will tease with that. They have to listen to my show if they want more details. WTTM 24 coming soon.
0: Sounds very, very interesting.
1: Yes. So thanks again. And uh, let's go ahead and give thanks uh, separately to all of our uh, sponsors. And uh, then we'll call it a day.
0: Okay. Well, of course, as always every week, I want to thank Dream Come True Vacations for continuing to be the sponsor of Inside the Magic. have uh, been a sponsor for well over a year now, and we appreciate your support. Absolutely. Each and every week, anyone out there wants to check them out, please head on over to com. They are a travel agency dealing only with Disney, and they'll definitely work on uh, getting you a great vacation. Again, com.
1: And uh, I can counter (laughs) with Jenna from Galaxy Cruises and Tours at MyFavoriteMouse.com and uh, 1-800-357-9393. She is my sponsor, and she also does Disney tours and that sort of thing. You can go either way with us. Uh, You can go with Ricky's person or go with my person. Either way, you're going to get first-class help, and they definitely can make your vacation the best that it can possibly be. And I'll jump right into my other sponsor, which is Orlando Attractions Magazine. You heard of them, Ricky? Yeah, I think so. It's a a pretty good new magazine. (laughs) Yes, it is. And and thank you for doing what you're doing with that, because that is a cool magazine, and it sounds like I'm kissing your behind, but I'm not. (laughs) It's a good thing. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Ricky works really hard on it. Do you have any other
0: sponsors you want to thank? Uh, no, not at this moment, other than that same one, because it has become my life between Inside the Magic and Orlando Attractions Magazine. That pretty much is my existence. So uh, let me just say again, attractionsmagazine.com is where you can check that out. And uh, you can certainly learn all about everything in Orlando, not just Disney, certainly including Disney, but Universal Studios and SeaWorld and every other attraction throughout. There's so much Orlando has to offer. You know, we blab on and on for two plus hours about Disney here, but I could go on for another hour easily, uh, if not longer, about everything else that Orlando has to offer. So we're trying to cover all of that in the magazine.
1: Sounds good. And look on page nine of the first edition for a cool ad. With that... (laughs) With some great cartoon (laughs) characters. There we go. With that, I will say again, thank you, Ricky, and I will see you next year.
0: Yeah, we should probably throw our own websites in here somewhere. No now <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead
1: <laughs> www.windowtothemagic.com the disney audio adventure podcast
0: and inside the magic at distantcreations.com slash inside the magic
1: sounds good thanks again ricky thank you before we end the show i would like to thank my co-host My brother and all things creative, Patrick, for his help throughout 2007, and I look forward to doing it all again in 2008. I would also like to thank Terry for her love and support and for joining me at Walt Disney World this year. I hope that that is just the first of many magical trips together. To Calvin, you make me proud. Thank you for continuing to help with the show. To Mr. Brian Summer, You da man, and we love you. To my video guys, Greg, Daniel, TJ, and of course Adam. You guys are doing a great job, and I am blessed to have you on the team. Magic Joe, your segments are giving us a wonderful glimpse into Disney's past, and I look forward to more trips into your Disneyland memories. Of course, much thanks to Corey Burton and Peter Renaday for their continued support and contributions. You guys are appreciated much more than you will ever know. To all our other special guests, hosts, contributors, and anyone else who appeared on the show, we want to thank you and to encourage you to continue to send in your stuff. You guys help make the magic. And finally, to the rest of you, the most important part of this puzzle, Our wonderful listeners. Without you, this simply would not be possible. We love you guys, and we hope that you continue to seek us out in the parks, and we look forward to hanging with you when we are in your town on Window to the Magic US Tour 2008. And as always, I would like to thank you all for listening to the Window to the Magic podcast as we enjoy our third year of bringing you the best audio adventures from throughout the wonderful world of Disney. Be sure to tune in next week when we begin a whole new year and give you the details on a whole new show coming to Window to the Magic. But for now, this has been a Window to the Magic, show number 128. Happy New Year, everyone.
0: are you a fan of orlando attractions and theme parks do you miss the old disney magazine hi i'm ricky briganti host of the inside the magic podcast and i'd like to tell you about orlando attractions magazine It's a new magazine that covers all of the theme parks and attractions in Orlando, including all of the Walt Disney World theme parks, Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and SeaWorld. Each issue of the magazine will give you restaurant and resort reports, in-depth features on your favorite rides, photo spreads including what's new and what you may have missed, and much more. If you love Disney theme parks and all the attractions that Orlando has to offer, subscribe today at attractionsmagazine.com. Every other month, a new issue will arrive in your mailbox, and I'm sure you'll spend hours looking at it page after page of exciting news, interesting articles, original cartoons, puzzles, and spectacular color photos. So to subscribe today, just fill out the order form over at attractionsmagazine.com. Surround yourself with the magic.